All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Okay, it's Friday night. It's 4 p.m. West Coast America time, right? Okay, so share this out, share this out, share this out, right? I don't get to share it out as much because every time I try to share it out, I get put in Facebook jail, right? So I can share it out once or twice, but you guys got to share this out, right? So share this out. Welcome, everybody. It's Friday night. Uh, today we're going to talk about, you know, obviously, you see it in the in the title up there, uh, standing for freedom, uh, and that's not just uh, like a political freedom. That's that's literally for spiritual freedom as well. But with everything that's going on right now, right? You know, all that craziness that's going on in Canada, but not just Canada, the whole world, right? Everything going on around the world right now because of <clears throat> these draconian measures, because of the coup, right? Um is just insane, right? And then they're doing these insane draconian lockdowns where people are starting to stand up all over the the planet. So those of you who are listening to my voice or seeing this MP4 broadcast, I wanted to say kudos to you people that are standing up, continue to do so peacefully. Uh, And those of you who are, you know, um, not truckers or not farm workers, uh, because primarily that's what's been uh, being used so far uh, for everything that's going on. Welcome from Kentucky. Sheila, welcome. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this out. If you can, if there's somewhere that you might think other people might be interested in this, please share it out. Uh, say hi to me in the chat. Otherwise, I don't know you guys are here, right? So um, so I'm, I'm calling for everybody to, to pay attention to what's going on, right? If you're, if you're uh, politically active in any way, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, um, you you still at this point should know what I'm talking about considering uh, everything that's going on, right? Unless you're living under a rock and you have no idea and you don't listen to any media on any platform, then you don't know what's going on. And I, and I find that hard to believe too, because this is a far reaching the entire world, um, everything that's going on, right? So it seems hard. And I want to start with, they, they plant fear into everybody's minds that we're alone. Because we feel alone. It's part of the uh, veiling process that we go through here. So this is not, I'm not going to be talking about a lot of politics, but it's related to that because everything is ultimately re- ultimately related. And we always say, you know, the, the, especially here in America, I'm not, I'm not sure how it is around the world, but here in America, we say, and I'm pretty sure it is this way around the world, right? When you're talking to people, you don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion. The, the truth is we need to talk more about politics, more about religion. We don't, but what we don't need to do is yell past one another. And that's what we've been doing. If you look at the show that we did on Skull Island on Wednesday, um, we had a lot of that going on. It was, it was you know, the full moon. It was, it's uh, The apex was thir- yesterday, and today it's still full, but it's waning. So that the full moon was a super moon. I, I can't remember when the last time that we had a full moon, they didn't call it a, a super moon. It's been like three years. That's, that is actually, there's purpose behind that. Right. That's why we're doing all of these ceremonies worldwide on the uh, at the full moons, at the new moons, at the uh, the uh, solstices and the mid solstice points. All of those are chakra points. Those are energy points in time and space. Do you understand that? Those are energy points in time and space for the planet and the universe like our personal chakras are in us. It's so we are the macrocosm to the microcosm that is the planet, that is the solar system, that is the universe, that is the multiverse. Do you understand that? That is creation. 
So we reflect that. We're playing out the same game that's being played on every vibratory level. Do you understand that? So what's happening right now on this planet is not just a, a vying for control by these people who are in service to self and this group that's using the AI against us. It's on a grandiose scale. That's the microcosm, the little teeny example of the macrocosm that is the universe. So not only is there this attempt on the physical flesh body to control it by evil people on this planet, they're not just trying to control this fleshy body. They're not just trying to control your mind. They're trying to control your soul as well. Do you understand what is at stake here? I don't think most people do, to be honest with you. They're not just going after making your physical body a slave. That's not good enough for them because inside your body is your mind and soul and you can be a slave and still be freed there. The slaves, for the African slaves, the last ones to be freed on the planet, proved that. They were enslaved and beaten and raped and tortured and murdered and killed. And then after the uh, war was over and they were freed, that still continued because there were still evil people. Does that still continue today? Yes, evil still exists. It's on a much smaller scale, however, contrary to some people's wanting to buy into that. Those people don't understand. Go and talk to older people who are around that are still alive during the civil rights movement. That happened before I was born. I'm 54. The civil rights movement happened in the late 50s, started and went through the 60s and into the 70s and really continued in many guises to this day. However, the the at the time, let's look and be honest, at the time of uh, when the civil rights started, not too long prior to that, the Ku Klux Klan was 2 million American strong. See, that's still, that's a lot of people. That's a crazy amount of people, right? And what you need to understand is you need to look this up because all 100% of the 2 million were Democrats, not independents, not Republicans, not Libertarians, not Green Party, none of that. They were Democrats, always. The Southern Army that seceded from the nation that wanted slavery was Democrats. You need to understand that because they're telling you today that all racist people are Republican. They're the ones who freed the slaves. Okay. And I don't want to hear that nonsense story that Abraham Lincoln secretly didn't want to free the slaves, but he did it because of peer pressure. That's a crock. He ran on being an abolitionist and freeing the slaves. That was his objective from the time he went into office was to bring that about. That's why the Civil War started, because they knew he was going to do that. OK, so he didn't do it because somebody put a gun to his head and said, you have to do this. In fact, they put a gun to his head and said, don't do this. He did it anyway. And they shot him in the head, killed him for it. So you need to understand that politically. Because that's important. That history is important to who are the people telling you that they're your friends now? The same people who were locking you up. Oh, well, they've changed. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, was a racist for 46 years of his career in the in the government. And the rest was sucking up to Barack Obama. Barack Obama only brought him in because he was weak 
right? But he still had clout and it still served the agenda because he had all the money coming in from China, Ukraine, and all of that stuff. Uh-oh, oops, there's, I'm triggering uh, a bunch of people now. I'm sure of that. All of that will be bore out during history, not my opinion, okay? So I say hide and watch. As history goes on, as time goes on, we will look back on, on the moments of the last five years in this country, and the truth shall set us free, okay? So your opinion, my opinion is not really going to matter because history is going to bear out what actually happened in the last five years and then going forward now in the, in the next three to five to possibly 20 years in the future. I'm very certain because of the way things are going that the truth will come out. And that's why I'm talking today about standing for freedom. I don't care what political party you are. I'm, I'm not affiliated with any political party. So welcome, Peter. <clears throat> so I'm not, I am not, you know, somebody might say, well, just from the way I'm talking now, I must be a mouthpiece for the Republicans. Can't stand them. They're weak. They don't do anything. They're the no, they're the do nothing party. Most of them. They're, they're forever swampers, just like the other side of the aisle. There's a middle of the road for both Republicans and Democrats that are, that are middle of the road moderates. Those people know the mind of the average citizen in this country. The average citizen in this country and almost every country worldwide who would consider themselves a free and sovereign nation in any respect will tell you that the majority of their population is a moderate-minded, pol political-minded people that fall in both categories as whatever your uh, Democratic Party and your Republican Party, your conservative party, and your, and your uh, progressive uh, a party in some places it's the labor party and, and something else you guys know what, what the name of that there's two parties one is conservative and one is is liberal and the liberals have gone way to the left and the republicans have gone way to the right and have left the center and that's where most of their own constituents all of them are in the country that itself and that's backfiring on both right now and everybody is is basically saying we're done with both of you and you guys need to do that and get together because that's going to bring them running as fast as possible back to the center because you're going to be threatening their money. So people say, well, the government's just corrupt. There's nothing we can do about it. We had this argument on Skull Island. That's the podcast that, that I put together with uh, Aaron, uh, myself, uh, Aaron Fowler, his wife, Norma, and, uh, and uh, Miguel Pena. All of us got together and said, hey, this would be a cool concept for a roundtable discussions on, on a podcast. So we named the podcast Skull Island because we're independent minded, independent thinking, free agents, not speaking from a, a, the perspective of, uh, of a country, a political party. Okay. So we're on the high seas, we're sailing the high seas in a pirate ship. And that's what we do on that broadcast. Well, we got into it because, uh, none of us really, I didn't, and neither did, uh, uh Aaron or, or Norma vote. I voted once in my lifetime, actually twice now in my lifetime, for our president of the United States. First time I voted was when Ronald Reagan was uh, going for his second term. I was eligible to vote, and I voted for Ronald Reagan. I never voted again for any uh, government, uh, anything, and I don't think I voted even in the state election uh, until 2016. And then I voted here because I got back to Sacramento. I started voting for the, uh, the state of uh, uh, Sacramento, and I started voting, and I voted uh, for the presidency. And then I voted again. So it was 2016, and then uh, and then uh, uh, 
then I voted in what was the last election? When was that? Right, four years later. So in 2020. So I voted three times in my entire life, two of which were in the last two elections. The reason for that is that, and, and we got into this because I didn't vote before that, and my ideology was politicians are crooked. It doesn't matter what I vote. They're going to put themselves in anyways, and it's either red or blue, and they're both being paid by uh, the same backers. That is all true. Okay? That is all true. However, they still can't get away from the fact that the, that the, that we have free will here, and, and they can't because that's one of the laws. You guys need to understand that. One of the laws of the universe that are set down is that we are all born free. It doesn't matter what they say, what someone says who's in a physical body, would they have to come to you and put a chain on you and beat you and whip you into submission should tell you something because they have to do that physically to dominate you tells you that if they don't do that, you obviously don't have to do what they tell you to do because they have to force you by force. Look what they're doing in Canada right now. They're going and arresting these people because they parked their cars and they were honking their horns and they're calling them insurrectionists and terrorists. That's a dictatorship. That's a that's an oligarchy, a polyarchy that's at work there now. OK, you have Justin Trudeau, who's an oligarch who's trying to be a dictator, a communist Marxist dictator. He went to school for that. He graduated a Marxist communist school. He has multiple times said that he in, that he enjoys and admires the the dictatorship of the Chinese Communist Party. He has said that openly over throughout his career. There's rumors that he is the illegitimate son of, of Fidel Castro. That people are talking about that in the mainstream. That's not me making up some conspiracy theory. I don't have proof of it, so I will say that. However, when they're talking about it on the mainstream media platforms, you know, that doesn't make it true because look what they did when they talked for five years about Donald Trump. And now we find out that everything Donald Trump claimed is actually, in fact, true and being investigated right now by the, the Department of Justice and the government of the United States of America. So whether you like it, whatever politics or not, you have to understand what's happening here, what's going on on this planet. Apart from politics and aside from that, if you can't set aside your political thinking cap that you just want to have an adversary and have to have an adversary because you want to yell past somebody, you're never going to see the forest through the trees. Do you understand? You have to be able to pull back and stop this knee-jerk reaction to, to being triggered. Everyone can't wait to be triggered. They're, you know, their elbows out, they're bowing up, and they're just waiting. Say something, say something, say something. I can trigger on. Just do it. Just do it. Because I know you're my enemy. I know you're my enemy because you're either with me or against me. You're either with me or against me, and you're not standing beside me or behind me. So you must be against me. And that is the mentality that the news media has stirred up for five years straight, six years, seven years straight in all the people, not just in the United States, but on the entire planet. Why is that? You have to ask that question. To what end? Why would they be doing that? Because they're bringing fear into your life and keeping you in a state of fear. People are afraid. When people are afraid, they're easier to control. Okay? When you want to conquer a people, you confuse them, you divide them, and you conquer them. Do you understand that? How do you confuse them? You peddle fear to them. How do you divide them? You peddle fear to them. You peddle racism to them and get them afraid of each other. So they're not thinking about the government. 
they're thinking about each other, the citizen of different colors. So you're teaching them color, race. You're teaching them to be racist. Okay. And then you're be afraid of all the other races and the white man better be afraid because all the other races are ganging up on him. The black man better be afraid because all the other races are ganging up on him. And the Asian man better be afraid. All the other races are ganging up on him. And let's not talk about the Jews. Genocide, genocide. Let's not talk about the Native Americans. They're almost gone. Everybody's teaming up against them. Do you understand what they're what they're peddling here and how they're doing that? Divisiveness divisiveness, dividing the population with fear, confuse them, divide them, and conquer them. They were in the stage and are in the stage of using the coop and the jibber-jabber to conquer. Do you understand? Only good citizens around the world have realized that and they're standing up. You all out there know who I am. And those of you who are afraid to stand up, you need to understand that there, you can stand up without having to uh, put your life on the line. There's ways that you can help without having to go and stand in front of a bullet. No one wants violence. No one is calling for that except them. They want violence. They want you to break out into violence in the street that they didn't sanction, like they did with Black Lives Matter in the in this the the summer of 2020 and 2021, where they just let them burn everything down and said, well, they're mostly peaceful protests as a car explodes behind the guy on camera. And everybody's throwing burning garbage on top of the car and putting it in a dumpster and blowing up another car next to the car that just blew up on fire and a building falls apart and all the embers and everything flies in the air. But that was a peaceful protest. I'd hate to see an unpeaceful protest because what they're calling an unpeaceful protest and an insurrectionist is a bunch of uh, Canadians jumping up and down and singing Kumbaya and their kids are playing in bouncy uh, houses in 34 degree below zero for crying out loud. And that's an insurrection. That is a, that is a hostile takeover of Nazism and, and fascism. And and there's no you, you the only person that you saw waving a Nazi flag or or a, or a uh, they they said a Confederate flag was there was two people and they were on the other side of the building where no one was protesting and it looked like they were set up really quick for a photo shoot which means they were working for the government they waved the flag and one started talking spouting white supremacy and the other one did the same thing and and anti Jews and anti blacks and then when the people caught on and started running over there to film them they quick like ran away and hid and all the cameras scattered and then. They put that on the Canadian news. Okay, anytime you go to where there are for the past two weeks and you start filming everyone and ask questions, everybody's just a bunch of Canadian citizens that are out there with solidarity. Do you understand what that word means? Okay, solidarity towards themselves, their neighbors, their friends, and freedom. It's not about, I don't want the jibber-jabber. It's not about the coop. It's about I'm tired of your draconian measures that you have implemented on all of us. It is over. This coop thing is not even a cold anymore. Get away from me with ideas of putting a diaper on my face and making me force me to get a shot. Now, these guys, most of the truckers that are that are protesting out there have already been vaccinated. So for them, it's not even that. It's the whole the draconian uh, measures, the lockdowns, that there's no need for that anymore. But these people don't want to give up the power they, they have. Okay. And you need to understand why it is politically motivated, but it's also spiritually motivated on this on another higher frequency. And I know some of you are probably turning me off going, oh, my God, there he goes. He must be a, a mouthpiece for the Republicans. I am not. 
Okay. I don't trust either one of those groups. And I have said that and every, I, the one thing that I've been consistent on is, uh, is attacking both sides fairly across the middle. Do I post some stuff that I agree with that, that uh, is, makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. So whoever that says that is who's going to get posted by me. Okay, if it happens to be somebody who you guys think is a mouthpiece for the Republicans or somebody that you Republicans think is a mouthpiece for the Democrats, I'm going to post it if I think that it ha- that this person is being legitimately uh, representing in a positive way what's actually going on, not not mouthpiece propaganda. Okay. I won't allow that. I hate that. And, and those laws need to be changed back to the way they were prior to Bill Clinton changing the libel laws. And then Barack Obama, and I can only speak for the United States because I don't know what your guys' laws are anywhere else because I live in the United States. So Barack Obama made it legal for news agencies or anyone to use propaganda on the citizens of the United States. Prior to that, that was illegal to do. And then uh, prior to when Bill Clinton was in office, he changed the laws in the land that that allowed the people could say anything they want, they could lie and make up anything they want and say it on national television as the gospel, and they couldn't be held liable for it. So you couldn't sue them for liable when they slandered you in any way. Those laws need to be put back into place. Okay, you put those laws into place, and you're going to end up uh, having everybody snap to in line really fucking fast, or you're going to see a mass exodus of just about every journalist on every television station, regardless, irregardless of their political persuasion, being fired and being sued. Okay, on a mass scale, you're going to see that happen if those laws are changed back. They're going to run back to behind the desk. Please don't hold it against me for everything I said before now. Or they're going to double down again and they're going to end up getting sued. Yeah, Denise says you can stand. Let me put this up on the screen. And then I want to, and then I want to answer, Denise. I didn't get to answer something for you from Wednesday's show, so I want to cover that. I'm glad you're here today. Denise says you can stand up without violence. The trucker showed us that, right? No riots, right? No stealing, no burning property, none of that stuff. Okay, so on Skull Island, we were talking and Denise was there and we were talking about, um, uh, you know, doing work to improve ourselves and empower ourselves. And Denise, one of the comments that you had made at the end that I didn't get to address, obviously, because of the full moon and a bunch of crazies, we were all trying to eat each other with our uh, our uh, type A personalities. We finally got that calmed down and apologized to everybody. Uh, But you had said that you're just a, a people person, a pleaser. You're trying to please everyone. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with being in service to others unless it's to the detriment of serving yourself as well. So you want to serve the whole, but the way to serve the whole is not just servicing others. We use that term being in service to others uh, as someone who is, you know, uh, a selfless and, and will help other people. But you also have to do the diligence to yourself. So what you need to do, I have my, my uh, second wife was the same way. And I told her over and over, what you need to do is learn the word no. And the reason for that is that your family and friends around you, they get used to the idea. My first wife was the same way. She was a helper. She was a nurturer. And, and that was their nature because they're healers. So, but they got caught up in trying to help everyone all the time. At, to the detriment of them own selves. So they weren't helping themselves or doing any shadow work for themselves. And that becomes very frustrating to you internally and you don't know why. And, and that's because your, your soul 
inside is saying, I need help too. And it's crying out and nobody's answering because everybody's gotten used to you doing everything for them. So they start having you do shit they don't want to do themselves. And they put it off on you because they know you'll do it because you're trying to please people. You won't say no. So Denise, learn the word no, set boundaries for your family and let them you know, sink or swim. Sometimes, you know, you have kids. I think we talked about that. Sometimes when your kid falls down, you got to give them tough love and go stand up, come here, wipe that off. And, you know, here, let me kiss it. You're fine. You don't make a big deal out of it and go running over and pick him up and go, oh, my God, we got to go dial 911, dial 911. He skinned his knee. Oh, my God, run into the house. Scare the kid even more. Scare everybody while you're running into the house. And so that you can get a cloth and then you can wipe off that little teeny scratch on his leg and put a Band-Aid on it. But you made it so incredibly horrifying to that child that he thinks he's going to die if he scrapes his leg. That's, the, that's what you're telling him when you do that. Do you understand that? So your reaction changes people's perspective. And people become accustomed to you being the helper person who's always going to do what they tell you to do. So, so right? So you say no, right? Yeah. No, and, and it becomes easier. Yes, it does. Uh, and you have to let go. You have to say no to yourself because you know you want to help them and, that, and because it's in your nature. So you have to tell yourself, wait a minute, it's not really necessary for me to help them here. This is something they need to learn on, the, on their own right now. And you, you'll start to feel that. The universe will tell you when that is. Help them now, right? And then, so, like, that's the same thing as teaching someone how to fish or feeding them fish. If you feed them fish, the only thing they're going to learn how to do is beg. But if you teach them how to fish, they're going to be able to get fish for themselves and feed themselves for the rest of their life. That, that was a, a, one of those parables that Jesus uh, gave us uh, that it was showing, during, talking about in the Servant on the Mount. So we, that that's applies to that as well. Do you understand? You have to take care of your spirituality as well as assisting other people. So you have to remember yourself and find yourself. And then truly, like we talked about, and then last night I was on Ariel's uh, talk show, and we talked about it on there as well, that you, you, know, you have to first take care of yourself. And once you do that, that helps you to ascend. Right. I was hoping Ariel was going to come in here because I wanted to answer. And I think I did it on the phone to her. But um, she talked about she asked me the question. If you see the 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 uh, podcast or hear the podcast, she asked me, um, uh, you know, what is your intelligence? What is your IQ? And I hesitated because what I wanted to say and I was going to circle back and I didn't get to. So any of you who listened to that show, um, I wanted to circle back because um, I said I even said, you know, they say I have a potential of a certain percentage. But what you need to understand is that then you can look this up. This is not my opinion. This is fact. You can look this up. Google that shit. Even Google will give you that answer. What is the IQ test based on? And you're going you're gonna to be told that it's based on the fact that the, the scientists believe that psychologically the emotional uh, maturity of the average human being on this planet is between the age of 12 and 17. That no one is above 18 years of age. Those people who are mentally uh, um, have risen and vibrate as an adult at 18 or above are considered geniuses because they think and see things as an adult. You're all, every single person on this planet is supposed to be in that place by the time you turn 18. Do you understand that? You're supposed to be your, your smartest time or the beginning of your smartest time when you turn 18, and you're supposed to get smarter and wiser and wiser and smarter as you get older. Some people do, but some people are in their 70s and they're still a 15-year-old inside their minds. They don't know it. They're pretending to be an adult, but they're not awake. They don't know what they're doing. 
If you're concerned with somebody disrespecting you, you're between 11 and 14. Because that's when that comes into play. And when, depending on the drug that you do, the, a lot of the drugs that you do these days will keep you retarded. It'll keep you at that place. It won't let you get past the age of 15 mentally. That's why they love getting people hooked on drugs. And that's why those drugs they don't care about, but drugs like marijuana, which actually the reason why they call it getting high is because it lifts your vibration of your spirit out of your body. And you actually experience that the whole time that you're high. You may not realize that sometimes people call that zoning out and they're just like tripping on stuff because everything seems different to them. Well, it does. It's alien to you because you haven't seen things as an adult. So you start getting to that place. At first, you get that giggles and the laugh all the time, and then you trip on video games. But what you don't realize is that you're present in the now, and that's what people are trying to achieve with meditation. And then you have people that are taking psychedelics, what pulled them even further out of their minds. I've haven't done. I've done a, a couple, but I haven't done the ayahuasca or the or the uh, uh, what's the other one, M MCT or whatever it's called. No, that's MCT oil, whatever the other one's called, uh, DMT. Uh, I haven't done any of that stuff. And if I ever do that stuff, it'll be only under the supervision of professionals because, man, it's only it only have rocks out for 10 minutes. But that 10 minutes can be pretty, pretty crazy. OK. So I haven't done that. But do I smoke pot? Yeah, I've smoked pot since I was like nine. <laughs> it took some time off when I had to work and got tested for, for drugs. And then once I didn't have to worry about that anymore, I started smoking pot again. So what you need to understand is that. It's not just on this physical level that this fight's going on. This is going on throughout time as well. It's a temporal war. This is kind of scary for some people to, to grasp this concept um, because then they're like, wait, aliens? Oh, my God, aliens? No, now you're crazy. It's weird that, that, uh, that five years ago, if I said aliens, people would say I'm nuts. Now that the government's leaked out some shit, those videos that most of you have seen, if not, you can go to my a group that I created, Ancient Aliens Worldwide. It's on Facebook, and you can check the videos and the pictures and uh, all over that place uh, uh, there in our archives. But since the government released this military footage from the Department of Defense, um, now people think, okay, okay, um, aliens might be real. But that conspiracy crazy stuff about the coop that you're talking you're a crazy lunatic. So it's funny how things change in, in what's going on. Um, people would will tend to believe in the in the, the God and the devil and demons. But if you believe in aliens, you're absolutely crazy. Right? So a God that no one has seen or heard from in more than 2,000 years, we believe in wholeheartedly, but somebody from another planet, that might be alive out in the universe that happened to fly by over here and find our planet, you're out of your lever-loving mind. Those are just demons flying around in the air. That's That sounds crazy enough as it is, right? Do you understand that? But now it's, okay, um, aliens are real, but um, anything you said about the government lying about the coop and the, and the jibber-jabber, you're a moron and you're crazy, and you must be racist too. And then they throw in, and I bet you believe in UFOs. Right. <laughs> right. That's just insane. And now I have a Russian trolling me, don't I? Welcome, comrade. Las Vadania. Blocked. <laughs> Blocked. Don't come into my show and, and, and post something before asking me. 
Don't come into my show and post a website without asking me. I don't care what the website is. You don't do it. You don't come into my show and make comments that are websites and advertise whatever it was he was advertising, period. So if so, if those of you who are lining up that you happen to be in the audience right now and you're another troll, just know that I'm just going to delete you. Right? I'm going to block you. So eventually you'll run out of, uh, of, uh, uh, of characters to log in on. Okay. So those of you who are, were listening on the MP3 file, obviously you didn't see what was going on, but someone, a Russian, and, a, and I, don't, uh, I don't know his name. I can figure it out in a minute because my eidetic uh, uh, alphabet learning is, is a little slow, but he came in and the first thing he did was pu- popped in a, a, a web address for a link for people to click on. So he got blocked. She, he got blocked. They got blocked. Okay. So before I was sidetracked, right? So, yeah, people think I'm crazy because I talk about spirituality, right? And then you have, then you have everybody wants to line up on a line. They want to draw a line, right? And, and so you have all of these, the, you know, every religion has been fractured now, fractaled out. And every religion is, is telling uh, you that their religion is the best religion and all those other people and those other religions are a lie. And you need to fight against them because they're evil and the devil. And you don't realize that when you go there, they're telling their people the same thing about you. Do you understand? So what has happened is that if you if you take a look, you step back, and many of us, hundreds of us have done that, thousands, maybe millions, take a step back and look at all the religions and say, okay, let's do an actual breakdown of and comparative on all religions. I have done that, and I talk about it on my shows. I'm going to make a documentary, and I'm going to put it up there for people to, and I'll probably do, uh, you know, um, shows for, you know, webinars. Uh, where you guys can come and see, and I'll, and I'll show you all the different scrolls and where they cross over, so that you, and then explain the stuff too. That's probably what I'm going to do uh, with this Friday night show. I'm probably going to do that when I put that together, and then I'm going to be going down and showing you. And now let's go to this scroll, and let's go to that scroll, and, and this and that, because I do that anyways. But if I have the visual, some of you might uh, like it a little bit better. Okay, so when you take a look at all the religions and you say. Like Joe Rogan said, everybody's saying, you know, we got to look at this older dusty tome. This was an older one now. We found that one. We found that one. And he's, you know, and he rightly said, we need to stop looking for the oldest dusty old tome because they did it way back then, way back when, 100,000 years ago. And we need to start thinking about now and being here in the now. He's, he's absolutely right, but he's also wrong in the same sense. He's right because that's where we need to focus. But we also need to know the information from the past so that we understand the evolution around the world of this ideology. And, and once you start looking at the religions of old from every single walk of life and you say, what is the creation story of your belief? And then the, you have this, this creation story of the heavens and the earth and this creation story of the human race. And then, and then coming forward through there. And a lot of it has history after that of that time. And then you can see how that affected another country that spawned at the same time and how they, they obviously intermingled and talked because their religions, though they're different slightly, are almost identical. And the further you do this and the more and more you do this around the world and you compare everybody, you realize that only small little teeny things change in the dynamic of the religion. And that is literally the difference between whether you have a monotheistic, that means single head, Godhead, 
God figure that is either a male or a woman. Those are two different aspects, male, masculine and feminine. Or if you have the 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 dual aspect of a mother father figure as as the Godhead that is uh, equal with the the savior character, the son character, the hero character being uh, directly below that. There's your Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But in the in the case of the duality, it's the father mother or the mother father. It depends on which you have as the as the as the the forever. Uh, you know, if you look at the the pagans and uh, druids of Europe, the female, the goddess, is forever immortal, and the god dies in the winter time. That's where you have that Lent for the Christianities. When when the winter comes, the god dies, but before he dies, he impregnates the goddess with his own essence again. So he is then born in the springtime, and he's the life giver, and gives life to the planet, gives life to the universe, and then he starts to grow. The green man, the pan. Well, you know, the Zeus, the whatever. Uh, and then he becomes the God again. And that's the cyclical nature of the of the world that we live on. So that's how they describe that. And then you have other people that have the God immortal uh, and the feminine who gave birth to, like, say, Jesus. She was just a lowly uh, woman who was impregnated through immaculate conception. And she wasn't she was then venerated as the mother of, of the Savior. But she was then pushed aside and was not equal to any God because what their religion they were trying to sell to the people to follow Christ was a monotheistic belief system and that women were basically luggage and they were they were uh, uh, possessions that were owned by the men. So that's how that pantheon got created. And there's many other religions that are just like that around the world, but then there's just as many that are the opposite that have the dual aspect and the mother-father like the Vikings did and many other, the Celts and many other races around the world uh, see both. And, the, and some of the Christians then rose the status of Mary, uh, Holy Mary, to a goddess status. Uh, and that kind of ticks off like the Jews because the Jews see women as property. Today, do they still say that openly? No, not really. But there's still remnants of it. Even the Dalai Lama, uh, who over in you know over in in uh, in Asia, uh, when a girl asked if a girl could become the Dalai Lama, instead of saying anything is possible, which would have really been more to the mindset thinking of equality on the planet, he said traditionally it's always been men. In that respect, he failed me, in my my opinion, because he failed all women everywhere and the feminine everywhere when he had an opportunity to, to expand the consciousness of even the Dalai Lama and that, you know, that that whole uh, 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 Eastern Orthodox uh, way of thinking. <clears throat> However, he, uh, then impressed me uh, with later on when somebody asked him a question and he said, I don't know the answer to that. He wasn't prideful enough to try and lie and make up a, a, a response. He said, I don't know. OK, so that was very impressive. So that that kind of made up for it. But I was I still in my mind that he that he didn't see that he wasn't awake enough to understand what was happening there because. He fell back on his traditions, which means traditionally he's a, he's a chauvinist. And that could just be because of when he was born and how old he is. But that shows that not everybody is perfect. Everyone has flaws, including myself. Do you understand? Now, had I been raised the way he was and all of that and been in his shoes, I may have answered the same way because I wasn't. 
So I have a completely different take on, and that goes to our perspectives. I have a different perspective when it comes to religions and philosophical thought. I've spent my entire life just like the Dali. However, I've been exposed to, um, you know, what they would consider more radical uh, leanings. So I've been able to look at things on all spectrums uh, and make up my own mind. So I come to the conclusion that I believe that women should be venerated. Now that you also have to remember, I was raised by uh, a Druidic pagan uh, Christian family. And especially in the in the Druid and pagan uh, uh, pantheons, that women are equal, if not the immortal goddess. So does has that affected my persona and my uh, belief system? I'm pretty sure it probably has. <clears throat> Is that bad? Well, only if you want to dominate women and say that women are property. Yeah, that's bad then. But if you believe that everyone is created equal, then you agree with me. Do you understand? So and that and that's where where you have to realize what's you know what's going on. So, Julie, that's okay. <laughs> I am well, and uh, my eye is almost cleared up. I only have the little part on the bottom that's still a little bit red, but it used to be, remember, the whole half of my eye was bloody. Now it's just down here at the bottom. Everything else is cleared up. Um, so, <laughs> but, but welcome. I'm glad you're here. Glad you made it. Uh, so what we have to realize is that what is at stake here in this place, it's getting to the point where it's almost too late. And a lot of people haven't made that decision yet. And you need to, you need to understand what's happening. There is nothing to fear except fear itself. Those are not just words that some man said who was a politician in the United States. Okay. Those were words spoken from his soul to, to the people, to the population. There is nothing to fear, but fear itself. Fear is the little death. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the ego. Okay. And the ego is what's happening is, as you as you become uh, as you start to ascend and as you're going through that process you start listening to the ego less and less the ego gets desperate to be heard so the ego starts using the mind because you're also when you start doing that you're listening less to the mind as well the thinking mind is starting to become more silent as you become more of an experiencer and so you're you're, you're no longer being subject you're no longer living subjectly or in this subjective uh, frame of reference. To be subjective is to be a subject. To be a subject is to be a slave. Do you understand? And that's when you're in a low vibration, you become subjective because of the fear that you feel. So when you start to stand up and don't feel the fear and you're not listening to the ego anymore, you're also quieting your mind and you're becoming more peaceful. And the reason for that is that you're, you're, you're moving up to a higher octave in your vibration and that makes you smarter. Your IQ goes up. You start seeing things through the eyes of an adult instead of the eyes of a child. It's not clouded as much as it was before. And you start seeing things clearer and clearer. And as they become clearer and clearer to you, when you look around, you see other people that are seeing the same thing. And you're going, are you seeing this? And they're going, yeah, are you seeing this? Yeah, I am. Did, where was this before? And then you start to realize it's always been in front of your face. You just didn't, couldn't see it because you were not in that place. And now you're starting to. So what happens is the ego gets desperate and needs to pull you back any way possible. And the only thing it has left is fear. The last ditch effort of evil to control people is always fear. They start with fear and they end with fear. They need the fear because that's how they control you. 
so that your ego is doing the same thing and they're doing the same thing externally. So your ego is saying to you negative stuff into your brain. Your brain doesn't know the difference between that, whether it's happening now, whether it's real, whether it's in the future. And it just tells you what's going on. And so it tells you what the ego says. So it's creating doubt and fear in your mind to keep you in that lower vibration. And the more you listen to that, your own fear, that's why, like Mike said on the show last night, that he makes it a habit that every time there's a fear in front of him, he faces that fear. Once you start to face your fears, you realize that it becomes easier. It's the same thing uh, that I was saying to, to, uh, uh, to, uh, 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 was it Julie? No, it was Denise. So I was saying to Denise about the, you know, uh, people knowing that she's a helper and that she'll always do things and they're putting things onto her and she never says no. And she says she's getting better at it. And she's learning to say no. Uh, so you have to tell you have to say no to yourself first. Do you understand that fear of not being accepted, that fear of not helping someone and being ridiculed for not doing that? And they're going to do that. They're going to get mad because now you're forcing them to do something they didn't want to do and they're trying to put on to you. So now they're going to try and give you a guilt trip to guilt you into it. So you have to say no to your own fear of that, first of all, of the ridicule or of saying something that's going to get you erased or going to get you uh, banned from somewhere, right? And so here we go again. Here's another one. Welcome, my friend. Welcome, Turner Poppy. And you're you're putting in a, a web address again, right? So I'm sorry. You're not going to get me banned by putting in websites. See, this is what they did to Joe Rogan. This is how they get you. If you don't notice this and you leave them in and they put spam into your chat room, you'll get taken down for the spam that's in your chat room. I have a couple of friends who already said that. They said, I didn't even post anything. Someone posted something in my chat room and I got in trouble for it. So they're posting stuff that'll get me taken down if I don't notice it and ban them. So I just ban them every time. Trolls, bye-bye. Um, and that's the reason for that is what? They don't want to you guys to hear what I'm saying right now. Think about that. Right, right? So Denise said, you just hit the nail on the head. Fear of, of not being accepted. Yes. And that is what the, what the cancel culture is preaching to you. Fear of not being accepted, of being ridiculed openly in public and being stifled and silenced. Do you understand what that means? Your words, your freedom is your words. Do you understand that? You have the right to say what you want to say, whether other people don't like it or not. They don't have to listen. You have the right to say it, not because you were born an American citizen or a Canadian citizen or a Bulgarian. or No, but because you were born a human being. Do you understand that? And they make you believe that you're a, that you're alone. And why is that? Because of the veiling, which is done on purpose, which is a test for us as baby souls, as children to be to to graduate to adolescence, to graduate and to a teenager, so that we can then become an adult. Do you understand that psychologically and spiritually? Your voice is part of that freedom. And when they take your voice from you, they're stifling your soul. They're stifling your creativity. They're stifling your rights as a being. Do you understand that? So this isn't just a standing up to a totalitarian political figure or political party within our own governments. It is that. But beyond that, it's standing up against what? Tyranny. Beyond that, it's what? Standing up against those who would oppress your freedom. Beyond that, it's standing up to those who would silence your voice. Take away your freedom as a being to exist. 
Do you understand that? That's what it's it's at stake. It's not just uh, I'm uh, I'm a uh, you know I'm an activist and I'm going to go out and get arrested because I'm uh, standing against uh, tyranny. It's not just that, but it is that. It is that, but it's so much more on every level. So uh, we try to tell you. Not everybody has to go out and protest out in the streets. No, not everybody has to go and clog up the streets of the Capitol and honk the horn, although that's nice. Right. If you do it here in America, the first thing they're going to do is go, here we go with another insurrection. They already started paving the way for that by saying that the, the people up in Canada are Trump supporters. That way, if it happens here in America, they're going to immediately jump on that and say that they're the evil uh, Trump uh, supporters. And they're already paving the way with the with the radical signs, the radical uh, flag that only happened once by two guys at the same time away from everybody else when all the cameras happened to be waiting for them. And they got out there and waved a little flag and said Nazism and, and said, uh, you know, Southern battle flag. And then they ran away before the protesters actually showed up and said those guys are lying. Those guys are fake. They're planting the seeds. And running with that now with the Canadians because Joe Biden told the Canadian prime minister to do that. That's on the news. That's not a lie. I'm not making that up. <clears throat> Why? Because they know there's one being planned for March to start in L.A. and go to the Capitol in Washington, D.C. As soon as that happens, if they make it to the Capitol, they're immediately going to invoke the National Guard, put up the boundaries. They may even do it prior to and wait for this insurrection, Donald Trump's evil, uh, uh, proud boys and and racists, bands of people that are trying to take over the government again. Here we go. We have to start killing them and rounding them up and putting them in jail. That's what they're going to try and do. That Mark my words. Mark them right here. Okay? Yes, right? Well, let's put this up on the screen. <clears throat> That's what is that? Doc Duchess, right? Doc Duchess said, interesting that you mentioned fear is the killer. That message came through totally uh, already. Yes, right? So, so and that's the truth of that. That that fear is the is the is the the mind killer. Fear is what puts your mind into a state of agony, and you're you you are afraid internally to voice to do anything because you're afraid that someone's going to ridicule you or that they're going to cancel you. And what if they do that? What does it matter then? What is that? Is that a status? Is there someone with a clipboard that went, oh yeah, now you're nobody. No one's ever going to know your name because you got canceled off Facebook, right? Like you can't say you can't have a, another platform somewhere else. You can't have your voice out to, for the world to hear someplace else. There's like 100 million different platforms. Yeah, but none's as big as Facebook. And I get all the people on Facebook. That's because you're only on Facebook. <laughs> I get more people with my MP3 broadcast than I do listening to us right now. I'll post this later on today, not even live, where I can't even interact with those people. And they, around the world, they have more listeners that listen to me without seeing me than I do the, tune in on the live show. <clears throat> because the live show is on YouTube and it's on Facebook, which I have a lot of fans. I do. And I'll have a lot of people that listen to it for the days and weeks after the show has been posted. But I have more people on an MP3 broadcast of the show that is not even live. So why do I go live here and not there? Because I already have that group of people listening in without me being live. So I'm going over here to get these other group of people. So I'm using all the platforms to talk about all across as many platforms as I can to get my voice out there. <clears throat> Am I trying to get rich and be a multi-billionaire? I wouldn't be talking spirituality rubbing on politics, would I? <laughs> right? So, so I would be 
obviously not I'd be talking about cars and chicks and football or whatever, man. Cause then, you know, dance around on TikTok and do stupid stuff and fall down and hurt myself. And then get a bunch of laughs and a bunch of fans, uh, invent a dance called, you know, uh, the string, you got the floss. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the a string. You know what I mean? Come up with a dance move that goes cuckoo cuckoo on the internet. Next thing you know, you're a sensation and you're a millionaire because you did something stupid and people thought it was funny and they liked it. No one's going to do that with, with listening to me here saying this. The only people that are going to be here listening to this and find this are the people that are supposed to be here. You're supposed to find this because you're ready to hear what I have to say. And you probably believe me already. You're probably already agree with me. That's why you're here. I'm not trying to wake up the new people that are asleep. That's not my intention. My intention is I'm going after those wanderers, those patal, those people who are indigenous here that are ready to wake up and that have struggled and that have woke up before, but have been reveiled because that's what happens every time you recycle. So I'm helping you guys wake up so that you understand your potential because your vibration is already higher than everyone else's because you came here to do what I'm doing in some way. You may or may not be here to do talking like I am. You may be here to teach children. You may be here to teach adults. You may be here just to be a great fucking person and have your vibration ooze out to everyone that ever meets you in your entire life or somewhere in between all of those things. Only you know what your bliss is and only you know what skill sets you brought through with you to this lifetime to aid to the all whether it be being evil or being good. And when I say that, when people on lower vibrational patterns who still think it's good versus evil, that there's this war going on that one of them has to beat the other, that will never, ever, 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 ever take place. That can't happen. It was designed to be all-encompassing, all one. It's designed for you to be able to have every possible experience that there is to have. Do you understand that? So it's not designed adversarial for someone to win. The win, the outcome of that struggle has already been determined eons ago. It's just that every single person has to go through that. It's your right of passage. Do you understand? You cannot truly be. It's like when they talk about a Jedi. The Jedi is not truly a Jedi until he faces Vader or the Sith. That's when they're a Jedi. They're not actually a Jedi Knight until that. That's their rite of passage. Before that, they're a Padawan Learner Jedi Knight. They're not a Jedi Knight yet. And that's why they say that proudly. And I am a Jedi Knight. And because now they have become. They're standing in front. They've they've swallowed their fears. They've looked within themselves. They have fixed what's wrong within them so they can't have fear exploited. And that's what they do. I sense fear in you. I sense you're afraid of because of your mother. Uh, and see, that was the theme, right? That was the theme with Anakin, right? And then Luke, it was, I am your father. And that was his greatest fear. But he faced that eventually and, and then said, I see good in you, father, and I can turn you back to the light side. And now I am a Jedi. And then when he when, uh, he said that to uh, to the uh, to Palpatine at the end, and now I'm a Jedi like my father, and that was his greatest fear was that that Vader was going to turn, and Vader wasn't as strong in the dark side, and that was the fear of the Sith that he got into his head, 
And I am now a Jedi like my father. And that made him really freaking pissed off. And that motivated his father. And his father helped him pick up and kill the Sith. But it cost him his life to do so. And But he gave the ultimate sacrifice. And that turned him back to the good side. If you haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And if you have, maybe you see that in, as a different perspective now of what happened there and what that scene meant. The ultimate sacrifice, if you're willing and you've already done that, so you need to know that. You need to know that. You've already done that. You have, you, every single one of you out there, have at some point made the decision to return to this earth and be reborn again, maybe multiple times, because you wanted to help. You could have left and you did not. So each one of you that's out there that's hearing my voice, every single one of you have that power the same power that Jesus Christ, and here I know you're going to say, oh, now he's gone Christian on me, or any other deity from any other religion, whatever, and irregardless to the name of what that character represents in every single culture throughout time is identical. Know that. So the Hebrews called, you know, the Christians called them Jesus the Christ. Look up those words and see what they mean and understand why they called him Jesus and why they called him the Christ. And all other cultures have the same character, the same exact person that did the same exact thing throughout time and history. So it's not just the name that matters. It's the soul and what that soul represented to the population of this earth in every religion ever. It's all the same. You have done that yourself on a smaller scale. So I'm not comparing myself to the, the hero character or the savior character, only in a small micro dot way. Do you understand? The microcosm to the macrocosm. In some way, each of us is that. Because we are all one and we are all connected. So on a higher level, we are that Savior character. We, we become one with that Savior character. That's what they meant, all of them, when they said in all the tomes, when that character said, the way to heaven is through me. Jesus said that. So did Moses. So did Mohammed. So did even Thor. So did Marduk. Right? They became the Jedi Knight when they fought the dragon of the North Sea. Marduk fought Tiamat, the dragon. Thor fought, fought the serpent of the of the the dragon of the North Sea. David fought Goliath. Jesus fought the devil. It's all the same battle. Do you understand? It's all the same battle. You're fighting evil. You're in service to others, fighting people who are in service to self. It's the same battle, just on a smaller scale. Do you understand that? So you need to understand that you're a rock star and you have that ability because you're on that side. You have the ability to create and creation only happens through love. People who hate can't create anything. They can only destroy and control. So people who are in service to self can only control. They can only harm people. In some way, they think they love people, but they have to be foreign to that because love brings you back to the light. They don't want that. So they only tell somebody they love them 
because they want that person to stay around. Truth is, they need you. They need you. Okay? Think about when the Joker, <clears throat> the dichotomy between the Joker and Batman the, in the movie where Heath Ledger played the Joker. And he said <clears throat> that all you want to do is kill me, Batman said to the Joker. Joker said, kill you? No. You complete me. I'm going to kill you. He needed Batman. Batman needed the Joker. They, it was a symbiotic relationship that they had. They were the yin and the yang. Without the Joker, Batman is a freak. Enter the Joker, Batman's needed. Without Batman, the Joker's a freak. Enter the Batman and the Joker is needed. Enter the Sith and the Jedi is needed. Enter good, evil is needed. Enter evil, good is needed. Do you understand? Microcosm to the macrocosm. It's the yin and the yang. It's the spiral. It's the three, six, and nine. It's the Taurus. Three, six, nine, twelve. It's the zero point. There's a little good in the evil. There's a little evil in the good. The good won't kill. The evil wants destruction. And the good won't love. Do you understand? Or the evil won't love. So evil won't love. But there's a little bit of that in him. He needs and hates the good. And the line between love and hate is the same line between good and evil. It's almost the only difference between love and hate is levels of violence and levels of love. Do you understand that? You can love someone so much that it becomes toxic and you hate them. You can hate someone so much that you obsess on them until you're in love with them. Why is that? Because it's a symbiotic relationship. Without one, you can't have the other properly. You have to have the opposite to understand what it is that you're calling yourself. I'm not that. I'm this. Do you understand that? <laughs> right? Julie talking to Tony. That's funny. Tony Jackson holding my own. Grandkids have me, have me worse. War slap out. Yeah. Right? Grandkids do that. When did we have all that energy, right? <laughs> when we didn't have worries. When we didn't have worries. That's when we had that energy. You find that you have more energy when you have less, when you're not worrying. Worrying, let's talk about how what this does to the body now. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about anger, fear, aggression, right? There I go talking Jedi again. Those lead to the dark side, right? Envy. Negative energies in your body. What does that do for you? If you're angry and you are just violent, right? That creates an energy within you that you live from a place of fear now because you can't live from love because you have to turn away from love. So what do you have left? You have hate. And what is hate? Hate is what? Fear, anger, aggression, envy, control. So you only have that part of the playbook to play with. So you have to go the opposite direction that drives you into darkness. And then you live in a place of fear because you can't feel or see the light. So you feel no love. So you feel like you're alone. So those people who are trying to tell you and convince you you're alone are doing that because misery loves company. They're afraid 
of you because they know that your love is stronger and more sustainable on the long term than their hate. Because even on a physical level, and this is no joke, you can look this up. This is not my opinion. This is this is the opinion of doctors everywhere around the world. If you eat crap, your body is crap. If you are hateful and mean and nasty and cantankerous, your body is hateful, mean, nasty, and cantankerous. And then you eat hateful, mean, nasty, and cantankerous, unhealthy shit. You eat all kinds of, consume all kinds of sugar. You consume all kinds of carbs. You eat all this weaponized wheat that's here, especially in the United States, but worldwide. And then you're mean to people and you dominate people. What that does to your physical body is that it ruins your immune system and puts all your chakras out of balance. And the sugar that you consume is miracle Grow for the cancer cells that are already inside all of us. And all of that negative energy and that anger and that fear and that frustration and that envy and that violence vibrates at a level that turns the cancer cells on. It does damage to your body. You will die from bad things because you're a bad person and all of your energy is bad. Do you understand that? People, you don't think that. Think about those people in life that were just the most evil people you ever grew up with or grew up around you. Everybody's got a few in the family somewhere. And then look at them dying early from diseases. Their life was shit or they, you know, whatever. They pooped on themselves for 20 years as they got skinnier and lost their minds and it was hideous. And then you have that little old lady who's been going to church or even not, but just praying to God and reading the Bibles and, and praise be to Jesus or praise be to God or praise be to Allah, praise be to whoever and in and loving person and, uh, and caring person. And they're a hundred years old. They're still going strong. They smoke a cigarette, they drink alcohol, but they don't die from cancer and all that stuff. Why? They have love in their life. They have light in their life. They're eating well and balancing their body's chemistry because they're not vibrating at a negative vibration. If you look at the, we talked about this on the show the other night. There was a time when people were living to be 9,000 years old on this planet, and all of a sudden things changed. What was it? What was it that was changed? People said, oh, aliens came down here, and they put us in prison, so they changed our DNA so that we wouldn't live very long, so we'd recycle faster and stay caught in the trap. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. You see, what we keep trying to tell ourselves is that someone else is responsible. In some sense, they are, but it wasn't until we got ourselves stuck already. And then we became desperate, and we were living in a place of fear. And then the, these people showed up and said, we can save you. They knocked on the door like a vampire, and we said, come in. Those of us who were on the planet at the time didn't have any choice because we didn't know what was happening. So through proxy, they came in. And then they changed things so that you couldn't wake up. And tried to keep everybody asleep. But but nature has a way. Chaos theory has a way of, of things happening anyways. And then, of course, what they didn't know that would happen is that, you know, people would come here from uh, other places and volunteer to come down here to help. And enough of them to stop them. And then enough of us kept staying here to stop them. And now they know it's short-lived and now they know that it's almost over. Okay. Right, Julie. Julie's talking about big court date for Julie on on uh, Tuesday. Find out if my son gets custody, then he'll finally get his son back, 
So we'll have three grandsons in the house. Well, good for you. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you're very hopeful and that you're optimistic about the court date, right? And I hope it does work out that way. I'm going to put an energy out there that he does get custody and that you guys uh, get your family back together, right? And get it more complete. So we need to understand these things, okay? Because right now is the time when we need to be standing together and know that we are. You're not alone ever. The veiling makes you think that, and that's supposed to happen, but you also are supposed to know and have the instincts and be able to have the wherewithal to then find the, the key, the door, see the door, see the key, all of that. But what's happened is these people who have come in have taken the AI and they've used it against us. But here's the thing. The, the beauty of that is that we're using that very AI against themselves. Do you understand that? They came in and changed the, the matrix and, and put up holograms so that we couldn't find our way out. And some of us saw through that. Why? Because we came through and we expanded our consciousness and we hid for a very long time. And they still tried to seek us out and kill us off. And we hid and got protected and protected each other, hiding even from ourselves. When I grew up, I only knew myself, my father. And then I met one person I'm still friends with. And he and I were the only two people that were, were in anywhere near awake. And we're like, where is everybody? Are we alone? It's just us. That was the matrix telling us we were alone. The internet brought us to everyone around the world and got us together and got us to meet each other and gravitate towards each other. So the internet, the very thing they're trying to use, has to be 50-50. Because that's the laws set down for the universe. If they can use it, we can use it. If we can use it, they can use it. So they're trying to stifle us by getting a hold of the platforms and making their bylaws in such a way that if you don't agree with them on their ideology, they'll delete you from the platform. And they keep in increasingly changing the rules to make it harder and harder for anyone to say anything other than their party line. Sleep. Consume. Have children. Consume. Work. Sleep. Work. Consume. Obey. That's what they want you to hear and see. That's it. Tony says, do I know, talking to me, uh, Leonard, do you know Anything a bit about the man who invented WWW? He wanted it to be free and uh, beneficial, right? Yes, I'm, but quickly it was corrupted, right? When Bill Gates got onto the whole uh, whole thing, right? You, you had you had that whole rift between uh, uh, Steve Jobs and, and and Bill Gates, at which originally they were actually working together. A lot of people don't know that, and then they got then they went a separate ways. Uh, and then they were like stealing anyone's information that they could find to corrupt it. And of course, uh, uh, the Macintosh was going to come out and Bill Gates uh, got a hold of that and said, uh, I want this now before theirs get on the market. And they reverse engineered and got Windows out there. So the same thing happened in the Internet system uh, that with everything else, like all the religions. Anytime that there was a way for them to corrupt it, they got in and corrupted it. So so creation, you have to understand that creation, the person who creates something 
uh, uh, creation only comes from love. Evil people cannot invent or create. They have to take it. That's why you always hear, like Mark Zuckerberg, he got sued because he stole the algorithm. Do you understand that? He was working with other people who helped him create Facebook. And then he, then he was smart enough to get himself into a position to where he could take it from them. And as soon as they got the algorithm going, he took it from them and hired outside sources that weren't him to continue with the algorithm. Okay. So the same thing with, with DOS. They stole DOS. They got it from a guy who didn't understand what he had. And they bought it from him cheap. They do that all the time. Look at the Louisiana Purchase. That was sold to the Americans because Napoleon needed money to, to continue his war. And he believed once he took over Europe, he was going to come to America and attend, kill all the Americans and take back the country he sold to them for like 13 million, which would be like 150 billion in today's markets or like a trillion dollars in today's market. OK, so. That was the plan. And the same thing happened during the Revolutionary War here in America. The, when the Americans decided to stand up for themselves and kick the English out, the English were like, look, we, we don't want to murder all of them because we want them as our slaves still. Uh, but they didn't say that out loud. They said we still have to have commerce with them, so we need to conduct ourselves as gentlemen because they, wanted, they needed the serfs. They needed the peasants to work the land for them as landowners. Okay, so they took a system that was created. The people who came here that created that system were in service to others and trying to come to America. What for? To be free from the tyranny. But the guy who they sent here to do it, Columbus, was a tyrant when he got here. And he treated the Native Americans like slaves. And he raped the women and, and, and whipped and beat them in in submission and uh, was heavy handed. We know that to be true. Right. And I'm a knight of Columbus. I was knighted by the Knights of Columbus. But the Knights of Columbus are a holy order, even though they're not using his name as Christopher Columbus, because America was was, you know, was the district of Columbia. That is where Washington, D.C. is. is. It's the, it's not named because of Christopher Columbus. It's just a coincidence that the Columbia and the Columbus name. Everyone thinks that the D.C., the District of Columbia, was named after Christopher Columbus, and that's why they say that it's inherent and systemic as a racist nation. But that's just not true. That's just not true. Okay, and that's just like America. America was discovered by Americos, a person. So they named it the Americas because Americos actually discovered North America, South America. That's why they're called that a man named Americos. So it became the Americas. Okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't Christopher Columbus is for the reason of the district of Columbia. You can look that up too. Okay. Otherwise, why would they say that, uh, you know, DC and not show a picture of Columbus? Think about that. Columbus is not on any of our money. If, if the founding fathers meant that much to name this, this outside, not a state, a free place, the district of Columbia, uh, don't you think they would use if they were if Christopher Columbus was their mascot and their namesake? Don't you think that would be there be a statue of him somewhere and it would be on money somewhere? But we didn't do that, did we? It was the generals and the people who contributed to the American colonials, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, these people that throughout time did things for this country. Do you understand that? So, so logically, you have to look at that and say, if this, if this government, the Knights of Columbus, they didn't name themselves after Christopher Columbus. They named themselves after uh, the, the uh, being free, the District of Columbia, being outside the rule of the states, not being ruled by anyone's leave. Do you understand that? 
so to answer your question, Tony, they, 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 they corrupted the internet. Uh, however, they still have to uh, allow access uh, to everybody freely, even though it's not free. It's They try to make it seem like it's not free. You can still go to any platform you want at any time. You can stop even paying attention to Facebook and go somewhere else. Right When Facebook first started, everybody was on MySpace. Remember that? And then Facebook had better features. So the next thing you know, everybody left MySpace and went to Facebook. And now my MySpace is just like uh, YouTube, only smaller, and it has videos. Right? So there's other platforms out there is my, is my reasoning. And, the, and I know about them. I post my shows on them. You just don't know about the other platforms because you only go to certain platforms. Same thing with the younger kids. They're not on Facebook. They're on Twitter and they're on these other apps that are, that are not the same apps that the crazy people go to that are yelling politics past each other. That's just like they don't watch television. Television was watched by our parents and our generation. But our generation still can walk away from the television. But we can still walk away from the Internet as well. Right. But the next generation behind us, they're stuck in the Internet. They're just not stuck on television. And then the generation ahead of us are stuck on television and not on the Internet. Some of them are on the Internet. But most of them are sitting in front of a TV. That's their God. They look in front of the TV and they sit there and they get programmed. Why do you think they call them programs? <laughs> right. It's not a show. It's a program. It's programming you. Do you understand that? The Internet does the same thing. Everything is an external hard drive, an external ego, an external matrix that's a hologram that's fake that is trying to get you to think you're alone and that you're afraid and be afraid because I'm the big bad wolf and I'm about to pounce on you. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, I will erase you from existence because I am the all-powerful Oz. Don't look behind that curtain. Don't mind that little man behind the curtain. Listen to my voice and hear my thunder. Do you understand? When you pull back the veil and see who it is that's standing there with the megaphone sounding scary, scary mean, you realize it's just a little old man or a little old woman who, in truth, you could backhand and break their shit off and probably kill them with one blow. And they have no fucking power over you, me, or anyone else. They don't even have power over their own bodily functions. They're wearing diapers. Think about that. Think about that. They're dementing old people who are in charge, and they should have been given someone the keys to the car a long time ago. Okay? This is a good question. Let me put this up here. This is Sophia says this. Sophia says, how can one discover something that already was occupied by a nation of people. The, the Catholic Church is a satanic organization. All churches are satanic organizations. They've been corrupted by evil people. But you're absolutely spot on. And how can you... Right. And that's the same question I asked about UFOs. Why is that UFOs do not exist unless the United States government says so? What... <laughs> Where in the cosmos of the universe is it written down that the universe doesn't exist unless American politicians tell you so? And how can you discover a country that is already occupied by an entire nation of people? <laughs> so how can you call that a discovery? 
what you did was you went over and met people that were already there. That's the same difference between what if an alien came down here and landed? Would they have discovered the earth and own it now? Well, there's already people living here. So no, we have a same. No, wait a minute. What if they're Christopher Columbus and they think, well, no, you're inferior to me. Therefore, I'm going to enslave you and beat you into submission and rape your women and, and murder you. Okay, it tells a lot about the mindset of the person who's doing that, saying that. Okay, and you're right, Tony said too much, too much negativity for a God-led religion. All, all those religions have been corrupted, every single one. And you have to look at their base root, but you have to understand that that's part of the plan as well, okay? That everything that is evil on this planet has to be here. Everything bad that's ever happened to you has to happen to you because you volunteered to be here to experience every possible experience that you can. That does not exclude negativity and evil. Do you understand that? So if you're living a life right now where you consider yourself in service to others, it would be very, very rare if you have never lived a life where you were in service to self. It would be very rare because the exercise, the point of this exercise is to feel every possible and experience every possible experience that you can, not just half of it. Do you understand that? So evil people won't be evil forever and they weren't evil to begin with. And good people won't be good people forever and they weren't good people to begin with until you reach a certain point in the developmental stage of your soul and then evil people can't go anymore and they have to return to become good, to continue the journey, which is the majority of the journey or it's half of the journey. But it's a lot more in that second half than this baby part. The baby part is just introducing you to all the things that you're going to learn in kind like love and envy and hate and happiness and sadness and, and wisdom and, and lack of wisdom and all of that are prereqs. So they're, they're, all of those emotions and ideologies, we're going to ring out and we ring out through all of our lifetimes. We sometimes choose to only have the experience of having that shit happen to us and not want to be that person. But by having that happen to us, you have to be able to imagine being that person. Do you understand that? So when you have someone abuse you, you also see what it means to be the abuser and experience that. That adds to the trauma. You just don't realize that that's what's happening. So, you're, so that's why when you say judge not lest ye be judged, it's because you are them. They are you. You, will, you have been or you will be that person at some point in your development. Even if it's by proxy alone, say you're one of those people that stayed on the holy path every lifetime you're on, you're still going to have evil shit done to you, and you're going to see it being done to other people. You're going to witness it. It's still going to get into your soul as an experience, whether it's because it's happened from outside or it's organic or it's within you. And it's there on purpose to show you the balance, to show you the way, and to help you get there faster. Do you understand that? So you have to get into the mindset of 
It's not good versus evil. It's good and evil. And you have to pull yourself through that plane of existence where you're, where it's adversarial. And you need to rise above that adversarial plane and understand the yin and the yang that is the perfection of the light and the darkness, that is the perfection of that little sphere, that is the love that created all of that in the background, that put that into play, and that you were protected from the moment it started, but you didn't know it when you were in it. You were protected from the moment it started, and you would never actually ever fail. You had to only think that you were going to fail because you needed to experience that place of fear to generate to you and venerate to you the experience of love. You can't appreciate love until you don't know it or until you knew it and then lost it and then regained it. Then you have an appreciation for that thing. That's this place. That's what you're here to do. You're here to screw up. Get all the all the dumbass adolescent things that we would do as children: stub your toe, fall down, hit your head, fall off your bike, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Get punched in the nose for no apparent reason, whatever. All of that stuff is there for you to experience, to learn from, and in doing so, you're also supposed to learn that that is the way that you're supposed to learn and understand that. And as you're doing this and you're spinning and your vibration gets higher, your knowledge gets more and more. And pretty soon you break through and you pop above that and you look down and you realize that that is the yin and the yang and that it's perfect. It's feng shui. It's supposed to be that way and it's designed that way. And no one really got hurt. You really are in a cartoon with Tom and Jerry. You're in a cartoon with, with, you know, with Fred Flintstone and you're in a cartoon with Barney Rubble and you're and that the, all of this is just an exercise to teach you a lesson and many lessons and then to teach you what other lessons you need to learn going forward. Do you understand? Well, that's, that's pretty good too. All right. So, so Sophia goes on to say it would be more beneficial if we actually had the ability to support our children to maintain awareness. Uh, Well, see, that's the way it's supposed to be. The, the Andromedans, when they teach their children, um, I was just watching Alex Coolier you know, last night, and he explained it this way: it takes they teach their kids. They go to school and they and they go to school for like 150 of our years, and that and they're learning everything that the that the old people learn. So they have the elderly teaching the young, because they have they're closer to the end of their life and they know more. So they're teaching the everyone gets to learn everything. So by the time that you reach that 150 year, they live a lot longer than we do. We used to live 9,000 years. 150 years wouldn't be much. That would be equivalent to us going to school 12 years in, in a school and going to a four, eight-year college, maybe a 10-year college. Same, same difference for our life expectancy. But we don't teach what our kids need to learn. Those institutions have become corrupted, just like the churches, to not teach our children. And then because the matrix that they added, the artificial matrix that is the television, that is the Internet, that is the radio, that is all the programming in everything, that's the AI putting up those blinders so that we don't get to see the door or the key or the way out. So we're stuck not knowing that. So we can't help our children. Until we break the cycle ourselves and rise our, ourselves to the point of understanding, and then we can tell our kids. But even then, you can't make them believe because they still have free will. So they're stuck in the matrix, inside the matrix, inside the matrix. Do you understand that? 
They're stuck on this planet, which is a matrix. And then there's an external matrix on the planet to keep you stuck here. And then you're veiled, which is another matrix. And you have your ego, which is also pulling you to the, to another sub matrix. So you get stuck in all of that and you can't get out because the door is not apparent to you. Right. And it's not there. What does that mean? Apparent. Think about that. A parent, a parent. Do you understand how the coalition there, the correlation between a parent and apparently it's apparent to me? Teaching. Right. So then, then, then Sophia says, we are not here to teach ourselves lessons. This is all BS. No, no, no. We are here to teach ourselves lessons. That is the lesson. That is the lesson. The lesson is to understand Right. Let me read this. Obviously, you weren't here on my last show. Let me read you. Let me take off these glasses because I'll have to use my bifocals and then I'll be all my nose will be sticking all down. And I want to read to you something that was written a long, long time ago. It was written at the same time that uh, it's the Tao, the Tao Te Ching, written at the same time, almost the same year as the Buddha in the same country. Okay. And I want to and I want to uh, read you this right quick here. Now my mother's coming in here to see what I'm uh, I'm doing. Hold on a second. What can I do for you? Well, I'm on the air right now. What can I do for you? Why don't you sit down and I'll be out there in a little bit, okay? Watch TV and I'll be out there in a little bit. Sorry, I, I'm my mother's caregiver and she was trying to figure out what I was doing. So she came looking at me through the door over here. Okay, so Allison, uh, so I'm not sorry, Alice, I'm sorry, Sophia. Let me find this here and I'll, and I'll read this to you. This was written by Lao Chi, a philosopher in China in the year 604 BCE. So that's 604 years before Jesus Christ was even born. Okay. And I'm going to read you this paragraph and then we'll, then we'll discuss that. Okay. Uh, he was leaving the city to go and die. And the, at that time, back then, the cities were city-states. So there was a gate gay community and guards and he asked the guard to open the gate and the guard realized he said what are you doing where are you going he said i'm going out to die it's my time and he said oh great wise philosopher please tell me your philosophy so that i can uh so that i'll know that so we can keep that and i can write it down and so he did so he says to the guy <clears throat> he who looks will not seek it he who listens will not hear it he who gropes will not grasp it the formless non-entity the motionless source of motion the infinite essence of spirit is the source of all life. Spirit is life. Walls form and support a room, yet the space between them is the most important. A pot is formed of clay, yet the space formed therein is most useful. Action is caused by the force of nothing on something, just as the nothing of spirit is the source of all form. One offers great affliction, one suffers great affliction, because one has a body. Without a body, what affliction could one suffer? One, when one cares more for the body than its own spirit, one becomes the body and loses the way of the spirit. The self, the spirit, creates illusion. The delusion of man is that reality is not an illusion. One who creates illusions and makes them more real than reality follows the path of the Spirit and finds the way to heaven. 604 years before Jesus Christ was born. And if you, if you understand what he's saying there, it's exactly that. Okay, We are here to learn lessons. If we're not here to learn something, then what is our function? 
why are we here? You should ask yourself that. Children born with intelligence, Sophia goes on to say, the perspective of, of yin and yang is distorted as a result of our, our, our conditioning. Uh, well, yes and no. Everything has been distorted because of our conditioning, because of the conditioning. So all the churches are corrupted. Everything is corrupted. It's, it is the way that it is here. And, but it, the obsession with the corruption is what the problem is. Do you understand? Your obsession with the corruption and pointing out the corruption, you're being judgmental and you're judging. So you're not actually learning. Do you understand that? You're looking around and you're pointing out all the things that are bad about everything that could possibly be good. You're only seeing negative. You're not seeing the positive. So even with the yin and the yang, you're looking at it in a negative light. Now it's been corrupted, so we don't even understand the full meaning of that. Well, then enlighten us, because if you know that it's been corrupted, then you must know the full meaning of that to be able to discern the difference. But you didn't claim that. You claimed that it was different and that it was corrupt and that we don't know. So you're making a statement without saying how you know that. Just like we're not here to learn, to teach ourselves something. That's BS. Okay, then tell me why you're, we're here. Give us your opinion of why we're here. Do you understand? If not to learn, if not to grow, if not to become something better than I am, then I'm just a construct. Then I'm fake. Then I'm not real. Then I don't matter. Do you understand? So, yes, we forgot telepathy, Sophia goes on to say, and how to communicate on all levels. Yes, that's part of the matrix. It's part of the veiling that was done on purpose. And then the stuff that we still had was taken from us by an external group of people that understood the matrix and the veiling. And then they put up a, a new veiling over the areas that we would learn something to stop us from learning. So they went into the institutions of the churches and made sure that nothing was learned there except for by those people who ignored all of the negativity and searched on their own. But if they keep your attention focused on telling you everything is evil and everything is bad and look out for the evil and look out for the bad, that's all you look for and that's all you see. You won't see the positive because you're only looking for the negative. And that's what they're trying to do to all of us to keep us from seeing any positive. So every time there's a positive, they go, here's a negative for that. Jesus Christ wasn't even real. He was invented. Really? By who? Well, we don't know, but we think it might have been these Roman guys. You think. Well, there is no definitive proof that Jesus Christ even existed. Do you understand? When people start talking to you like that, that's the ego talking. That's a, that's a child's argument. So people who are telling you that are being nefarious and feeding you that information. So if you really believe that information, then you, you have a lot to, that you're, you're coming from a place of fear. You're not coming from a place of love, or you would be speaking about love. Everything you're saying is negative. Do you understand? So you're only seeing the negative. So you're caught in that, in that essence, that caught in that you're feeding the ego mind and living in fear. That's what they're doing to all of us all the time. And if we don't notice it, then we get stuck there. It's not our fault because we weren't unaware of it because it just happened to us from birth. We're veiled when we get here. So then we become conditioned by all the negative shit over and over and over and over and over and over. And we think that's the real reality. We think that what's thinking in my head is me and you get stuck in the, in the body. That's what he was saying. People who believe in the body more than the spirit become the body. Do you understand? 
that's the Buddha. That's the way. That's the Savior character. That's when Jesus said, the way to heaven is through me. That's when Moses said, let my people go. Let them be free. Well, Mohammed was preaching the same thing. All the religions were preaching the same thing. Well, okay, so that's the same thing. I, I love this. You're going in a good way. So Sophia says, i.e., I was shown in a life review the reason for our being. Okay, so what was that? Right? So you were shown by in a life review. So what was the life review? Who was giving you the review? Who was this person? Was it another human being that was on the planet? Was it a hypnotic rese uh, uh, recession? Did you do this through meditation? Did you take psychedelics? What did and who was your guide? That's that's the important thing here, because what you're what you're seeing is you're starting to actually understand that there is something more than what is here. So you're actually kind of in a way starting to contradict yourself. Right. We are the ones that propagated. Right. The, the, that perpetuate the veil. Yes. By believing a lie. Yes. See, so you, so now you're being more positive and more honest and open. I agree with you hundred percent. We're perpetuating it because someone knows, and this is what I said, they know how the veiling works and they just keep pushing it on us. The, the, uh, the, um, um, aliens say the same thing. You're, you're pretending you're asleep. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Right. So you're right. We're here, but we don't know that we're pretending we're asleep because that knowledge was taken from us on purpose to keep us asleep. So we came here. We're supposed to be asleep as a baby soul. You're supposed to, that's your rite of passage. You're supposed to see through that veil. You're supposed to catch that this is bullshit and wake up. But then you have this external television, Internet, religion. Everything was corrupted by evil people to take that other part away from you. And to keep you in that fear state so where you keep perpetuating the veil. You're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. So, so then, but then Tony comes in and he says, well, we're not perpetuating a veil, uh, uh, believing in it. You can believe that you can put your head through glass without breaking it, but you don't, it doesn't mean that you have that you do it. You make it so. Agreed. However, there's still that part of the ego that's designed to draw you into that, to, to keep you into the veil. Why? Because it's a rite of passage. We're supposed to. It's up to us to stop. And Sophia goes on. All right. I'm, really, I'm loving where you're going here. I'm liking your explanation. And I'm agreeing with you and saying the same thing. It's up to us to stop seeing, right? In the, in the positive and negative. That's what I was saying before. Just, I, I don't know where you were. I said it, it, we're supposed to pop up above that yin-yang, the belief in the positive and the negative, and understand by looking back at it from a higher perspective now and understanding that that was only a necessary thing, necessary evil, quote unquote. It was necessary for us to become what we're becoming. So that's what you're saying. We're the ones that are interpreting what we are reading, right? We are the ones that are interpreting what it is that we're, we're supposed to. We're supposed to have an independent uh, uh, experience while having a, a, a global experience at the same time. So we're having an independent experience on a global scale while we're all having the same experience, but from our own perspective. That's what's happening here. Do you understand? So there is no right. There is no wrong. There just is. And that's the understanding that we're supposed to get to. We're supposed to get to the understanding that it doesn't matter how you get here. It's the fact that you do. How you get there is completely up to you. And how long it takes is completely up to you. 
You can take it slow. You can take it fast. You can take it hard. You can take it soft. But the realization of rising above it to, to be able to look back and understand it, that it was necessary, is the purpose of the experiment, is the purpose of this experience. Do you understand? So we're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. And I even said that before. We're propagating being stuck. We're pretending that we were stuck. Now, part of it, I think, was done on purpose. But I don't want to get into that because that's really deep right now because that has to do with the Patal. And it has to do with, with playing possum to make this happen on purpose. Uh, and I, there might be some uh, um, place uh, where that was part of what happened here. And I'm not sure 100% yet. So I'm starting to get, glean this information by them saying, like you were saying, that we're propagating this. We're pretending that this is happening to us. We're pretending that we don't know. Right. I mean, that's the truth. When you wake up and realize that you realize that that is what you were doing. Right. It's not necessary to propagate fear. Or it's right. We, we need to do the opposite of that. Right. We are operating from the mental program and not the heart's knowing. Correct. Because the heart is the creation and the love. And they don't want us in that place. The negative people want us in the place of fear. The ego wants us in the place of fear. And the negative people are working through ego because when you're in service to self, you're about yourself. So you're about darkness. You're about evil. You're about control. You're about fear because you can't be about yourself if you love others. So you have to love yourself and not them. So people who are in service to self, we love ourselves and everyone else equally. So I love you as much as I love me because I realize that you are me and I am you and we are one. The only difference between us is our personal experience and our perspective of the journey that we're currently having together, yet separate. The same things in the world that are affecting the world that I'm seeing are the same things as you're seeing, but I'm seeing them from my perspective and you're seeing them from yours. That doesn't change that the shit, the world is in a shit basket and having issues right now. It doesn't change that if you get above that and realize what's happening, that the world's not in a shit basket. We just think it is because we're pretending we're asleep <laughs> and we're pretending we're dreaming all of this. And the problem was, though, you can buy into that. And that's the there's the rub. People who are paying attention to the body more than, uh, than the spirit become the body and they think the body is who they are and that I am this flesh body and that this mind that's thinking to me is me. But it's not. You're above that. You're, you're witnessing this. But you get caught thinking that what you're witnessing is what you are. That's how you start. You don't realize that you're up there. And first, when you first start, you are there. When you first start, when you look at babies, you see their eyes. They're just looking. They take their glasses off, and they're just looking at everything. You know why that is? They're just experiencing it. There's no thought going on yet. Thought doesn't start until you become aware that there are things. And then your, your parents tell you, coffee cup, coffee, right? water in a glass and you start that's the conceptual reality when you start putting labels on things and you start learning what things are every time you learn something it anchors you in this reality so you have to be anchored in this reality and set in the veil before you can then start your work to then grow and get and, and understand there is a veil and understand there is that concept and then you're in the subjective reality being subjective to it and at some point, you have to become objective of it. And once you become objective and you have that objectivity in your, in your thought process, the, the ego, which wants you to be subjective, starts to get annoyed and starts to try and push fear at you to get you back into a subservient 
subjective mindset. And that's the veiling. When you become objective, you see things as, as a necessary thing. So if you objectively look at the dichotomy between good and evil from the perspective of below that or caught up in it, all you're going to see is one or the other or both. And you're going to see that it is an adversarial thing that you have to fight against. And you buy into the story that God and the devil are sitting on some mountaintop looking down on humans and they're fighting over the dichotomy of the human mind and soul and they're playing a game with them. And that's just not what the case is. It's not true at all. It only happens in this place and only for a certain time in the densities that are the reality that move you back towards an ascension, back towards the one true creator. Okay. I don't know if that is helping. <laughs> right. So, but that, but you're, you're onto it, Sophia, you, you're, you're actually, you understand it. So I want to apologize for in the beginning, uh, the, the way, because I was thinking that you were not, but you were, but your way of, of explaining it was different than the way I was. I was using a different allegory to explain the same, uh, thing that you were explaining. So you're, so you're actually, uh, you know, you, you are actually getting it. You have a good perspective and I like that because you're on the right, on the right uh, path there. Right. So you wrote a parable about, oh, I like that. So Sophia says, yeah, uh, I, I wrote a parable about perspective. We, uh, we can at any moment experience the consciousness of what, of that which we are observing, right? Yeah, then that goes to, to physics too, right? With, uh, with watching something and tracking something, right? We'll get to that in a minute, maybe. Uh, it, it is up to us to clear all the interference, Spot on, spot on, uh, uh, with our ability to truly experience the moment. And then there's a link there. Okay, I don't know what that link is, but it looks like it's a link to to your stuff, right? So I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna treat you like a troll because I think that you, know, you guys that are listening in or seeing this, you, know, you might actually want to go and click on that and see what Sophia had to say. So I'm not gonna treat you like it's normally if somebody pops in and does that with a website and doesn't ask me permission for it, I go, what are you doing? What are you posting on my show? But I'm gonna trust you because I think that what you're uh, posting there is uh, is titled "Why Do We Argue?" So I think you're you're literally what you just said is what that is. And I'm going to leave that up in the chat for anyone who wants to, uh, on the Facebook chat, anybody who wants to go click on that uh, and go and see what Sophia has to say. Sophia, I want to talk to you after uh, we're off air because I'd love to have you on the on the, the, the talk show or one of the other podcasts that I do. We also do webinars and people who are like-minded uh, who can speak. Uh, and you seem to be not afraid of that. You just popped in and didn't even know who I was. And you were willing to to throw down and and uh, and state your case, which uh, made a case because you you and I are the of the same mindset and understanding. It's just that the way I was explaining it, that allegory didn't resonate with you, and the way you were explaining it didn't resonate with, with me at first. And then I realized where we were. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so then I realized we were both saying the same thing. I had to I had to find where you were in your vibration and apply that to mine uh, to where I was talking at the moment and then realize what you're saying was the same thing I was saying. You just had a different way of saying it. So you were doing using a different allegory to do so. Different parable, as it were. Right. Uh, so, yes, I agree with that. And um, I, I would suggest that you guys take a look at Sophia's uh, uh, thing there. Those of you who are on the on the YouTube uh, channel, you may not be able to see that. So you might want to hop over to Facebook or here because I don't think I can copy and paste it. I can't. 
so I can only put it up on the screen and I could read it to you, but you'd have to write it down. So I'll do, I'm going to do just that. So for those of you who are listening on the MP3 file, you can't see this. So I will read this to you. I'm going to put it back up on the screen. For those of you who uh, can grab a pen or uh, rewind to this point and grab a pen, HTTPS, right? Colon backslash backslash, or what you guys would just call slash slash these days. Uh, freedom, F-R-E-E-D, as in David, O-M as in Mary, D as in David, O as in Oscar, V as in Victor, E dot net, N-I or N-E-T slash 2021, the numbers 2021 slash 04 slash 04 slash Y, the word Y, W-H-Y dash, the dash that goes in the middle between words, the word do, D-O, the dash, the word we, W-E, another dash, and the word argue, A-R-G-U-E, and then a slash. So write that down, put that into your browser, do a search, Google search or whatever, uh, whatever search engine you use, and that will take you to uh, what she wrote. You guys can read that, and I'll go and read that after the show. So, so yeah, so yeah, we I would have to, we'll have to talk and maybe have you on. We do, I'm doing a, a webinar coming up. Let me put that, let's do the commercial since I'm, I'm doing that. We're doing a retreat coming up. Let me put this up here so you can see it's called Sacred Awakenings. That's a little blurry. I was in a hurry when I came online today and I grabbed that off of the other studio um, for the podcast Skull Island. I said, I didn't, I forgot to put it in, into uh, on this computer and in my studio. <laughs> so I went and grabbed it out of there and it got, it was a little blurry when I grabbed it. Okay. So sacred awakenings that's coming up March 19th. It's a workshop that those of us from skull Island, the podcast, which is on Wednesday nights at 4 PM West coast America time, uh, every Wednesday night, uh, you guys can figure that out. That's uh, uh minus seven GMT. Uh, and you guys can figure that out around the world. And we're putting on a, uh, a retreat. It's a paid event. Uh, you can get the tickets um, here. Let me, I think I have it still here. I can put it up in the comments for you. Um, I believe I still have it to paste. Yes. Yeah, so here is in the chat comments is the link you know, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and I can't describe to you, read it to you guys on the MP3 file because it is very, very long. But that's a link to the where you can go and buy tickets. Tickets are on sale and they're going fast. Uh, so you might want to take a look at that. Okay, so the that's that's there for you to see. Uh, it is is a bunch of people. All of us who are on the uh, podcast, the Skull Island, all four of us. Aaron Fowler, psychic shaman. Uh, Norman Norma, uh, and I always forget Rasmussen. Uh, she's uh, also a psychic. She's a medium. She's also a a, a a a Christian minister. In fact, all of us are Christian ministers uh, as well. I am a Reiki master teacher of a bunch of other junk, and uh, including knighted by the Roman Catholic Church and that junk. Um, right. Hold on. Let me tear, tear that thing down, uh, off of there. So we're not looking at that anymore. Uh, and, and, um, and then, um, yeah, we're going to all be speaking, doing different things. And we're going to offer you guys self-empowerment. We're going to be talking about, uh, the stuff I'm talking about here. Uh, we're there. Different people are going to be doing different things, uh, uh, throughout the day. And there, and we have many speakers. There's at least five or six of us. It's not a big event. We're not putting on a 12 hour show. It's only going to be, uh, you know, an afternoon, uh, on, on that day. It'll just be a few hours, four or five hours, maybe six maximum. If we do a panel afterwards, uh, and we're going to be talking about all these things that you were talking about there. Uh, that we've been talking about here. 
uh, and sorry, I'm changing my logo in the background to the to a newer updated Orion Rising logo. Uh, the one that was up there is the logo for my my book. It is the brand logo for the book and for the podcast. And this was a newer version that uh, Aaron made for me, so I pop it up there on the screen for you guys to see. Okay, so uh, that's coming up, on, and the tickets, like I said, are on sale. Get them now. That we're not selling uh, like a million tickets. We have a, a limited supply, uh, so they're going fast. So if you guys want to see, you want to come on for the day uh, and take a look at all the the stuff that's going to be. Um, we're going to do commercials on it, so you know more about it. If you watch, pardon me. If you watch us uh, on the Skull Island, we talked about it uh, just on Wednesday. And Wednesday was bad because the full moon was starting with all this retrograde. We were all uh, like trying to eat each other in there. We got crazy, sort of cussing at each other. And we were like, whoa, we apologized to each other. We made it through the show, but it was it was uh, it was very emotional. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of energy flowing. We had a lot of the sacred masculine, the sacred feminine uh, uh, dichotomy happening, which we normally don't. But we are all you know, uh, alphas anyway, we're all, uh, uh, you know, type A personalities. So we're getting used to that. We're only on 12 on episode 12 on that show. Not like here where I'm on, I'm on year five, episode 300 and something, 400 and something. Right. Uh, cause that's a new podcast and we're all working together and, and, you know, we're, we've known each other for a long time. We all talk, we all get along fine, but it's just when we're all trying to, you know, get a point across, sometimes it gets heated. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of did. Okay, so let's get back to to uh, you know this this kind of stuff now that I did the commercial for our our uh, retreat that we're putting on, and we're doing that, and that's going to be on the solstice, so it's the nineteenth. Uh, and there's a, a bigger one that's a bigger event I'll be speaking at as well. And I think most of us that are doing our own thing on the solstice are also going to be cutting away to speak uh, at different points uh, on this other because Omar from Watchers Talk is putting together a 111 111 uh, on the solstice 111 so I'm not going to be on the on the solstice but it's 111 speakers I'm going to be one of them I'm going to be speaking uh, in part for you know whatever half hour hour whatever it is uh, and that's going to be like I don't know I think it's a 10 or 11 day event huge event 12 hours a day uh, somewhere in there I'll be speaking on I haven't gotten the schedule yet from Omar uh, but I'm supposed to be a part of that I have to check with him and see when that's going to be and I'll be speaking in that. And they're doing that. It's going to start in Australia at Uluru with Stephen and Evan Strong. And the Australians are, and the Aborigines there uh, and, and the Aborigine elders are going to be doing a ceremony uh, at Uluru, which they have done on every solstice. And this is going on the last year, the third year. And they're going to do it you know, all the way through this year. So the spring, the solstice, the summer solstice, and the winter solstice uh, going through and then uh, past that to the end of the, of the year. And that is a, a, a awakening ceremony that has been going on on this planet. That's why there hasn't been a moon, a full moon, or, or that it hasn't been a super moon. Every full moon we've had in the last three years has been a super moon of one kind or another. There hasn't been a normal full moon. It's just, eh, it's just a full moon. Everything is a super moon with Mercury retrogrades and Saturn retrogrades and all of that, right? So the one we're having right now, it's full right now, starting to wane today. Right. This is a super moon as well. It's not even just a regular full moon. All of them are, are have become super moons. The reason for that is there is this effort within the, the solar system and the universal mindset in and of itself for a mass awakening 
of people on this planet. And we've been performing this every full moon, every new moon, every solstice, every half solstice. So every three months, every six months, once a year, every month, uh, twice a month. Do you understand? So every 15 days or so, we're doing a ceremony that is part of this mass awakening uh, for the planet. And it's been building and building and building. And at the end of this year, when we when we do the final ceremony, there's supposed to be the beginning of this mass awakening is supposed to happen. And it's supposed to be, you know, what the Christians would call the rapture, what the Hopi rock legend is the choice uh, uh, saying that people are moving into paradise. It's the the age of Aquarius that have been people have been talking about since the 60s. It's Bakhtun 13. We just we ended Bakhtun 12 in 2012 and we're in Bakhtun 13. Right. What makes a supermoon a full uh, a full moon? Right. What makes it a supermoon slash full moon? Right. I agree with that. What is it? It's that it's an energy thing with a, a an alignment of the planets. It's a right planet alignment with a, a rare full moon that seems to be lining up on the regular moons and on the solstices that we had noticed was a change. In the the way that uh, the uh, the pendulum was swinging inside the matrix and the whole entire timeline, because you have to remember that this place is stuck. The people here got stuck, right? So that they got hijacked. The, the matrix got hijacked, and it's and it's our we're the only ones who can free ourselves. Even the Andromeda didn't say that. You guys, the how long you stay stuck is directly related to how long you guys want to, how long you're going to put up with it. Okay, so we have that choice. So what we have done is we have taken the long route, us Druids and and Wiccans and those people in those religions around the world, the Christians, the Muslims, the Hebrews, the the Taoists, the the Taoists, all the religions, the people that are on the good side in service to others. Uh, And even the Native Americans and all the Native peoples and their religions, this whole thing has been building to this point. And it's been building for a long time to this point. So what's happening is that we are completed in a cycle that is supposed to happen. And it's happening right now with all of us. And it's going to be really beautiful. But leading up to it, changes had to be made in order for the for the for the energy to be in the right place to be utilized by the right minds and the right people. And you have to understand that, like the Chinese and their way of thinking, that all the Druids of the world and all those people who are wouldn't even consider themselves druids but are long in long-term thinking some people are very linear and they see they look and they plan to the future all of this has been planned out for a long time so that it cannot be denied so these super moons are the perfect uh, amount of energy in the right place at the right time on the full moon, which creates an entirely different energy, which is way, way more intense than a regular full moon. And they call that a super moon. They have the, the red moon, the blood moon, and you have a silver moon, right? We have these there, blue moon, once in a blue moon, right? Quote, unquote. So all of these energies are coming together and they're, and they're affecting the people of the planet. And it's us. You have to remember that goes back to the three, the six, and the nine, right? Three, three plus three equals six. Six plus three equals nine. Nine plus three equals 12, right? That's the Taurus of the planet, the energy level, the energy of the planet. And the center of the planet is what? The heart is the heart chakra of the, of the world. That's the creation. That's where the God 
uh, is the love, the creation is in the center. And that, and if you look at the Vitruvian man, that's a representation on the macro scale with the human body superimposed over that circle. And where is the center? The center of that circle is the heart of the human who is standing inside that that circle, the Vitruvian man. It's the same thing with the yin and the yang. It's the same thing with the star of David. It's the heart chakra. The star of David is a is a one-dimensional or two-dimensional rendering of a three-dimensional heart chakra when, when it's the triangle with the triangle, the up and the down, right? The up and the down triangle, which is the masculine and the feminine. It's the beginning of the what? The father, the son, the Holy Spirit. Well, the father, the mother, and the Holy Spirit, or the father, mother, savior, Holy Spirit. You understand? So it is that it's the love that's there and that is building because we had swung so far away from the light. I would go this way, probably would be more like it because it's left my left. So we swung away, away from the light as a society, as a human race, because of our bellicosity, our affinity for bellicosity, our violence tendencies, the, the fall, going down the dark path the fear, anger, aggression, like the like the Jedi say. Right. And we went down the wrong path and we got so far away from the light that it was only darkness. Well, that pendulum is, sw is switched and now it is swinging back the other way and it's picking up momentum and speed. And while that's happening, there's more light that's becoming apparent and that energy is making itself apparent to us. And we're able to transmute that energy more now. And we're utilizing that energy to help everybody transmute that energy even more to reach a seminal point. So that once we reach that seminal point, those people who are still stuck and they're and they don't know they're stuck, but they but they're not doing anything to help themselves, they won't be able to help themselves but rise their vibration because the vibration of the planet will rise so much that it will drag them kicking and screaming with us. And the ones who are not ready will then have to go to another world and take on a third dimensional body there because these everyone that's going to be here is going to pop up through that into the fourth density and possibly as far as into the fifth and some people may even make it almost to the sixth from this from this like cork popping that's going about to happen so although so what makes the super moon is all of the energies are way more intense that are coming from the moon because the alignment of the stars the alignment of our ga galaxy the alignment of our solar system everything is just adding all of that energy as we swing the pendulum swings back towards the light towards the creator we're starting to it's just feel the the true love and all of that light that's there and we can see it now where before we couldn't see it i don't know if that was going on too long and too much but that's what's happening right yes then tony says oh the alignments of other planets can make a, a super moon full moon i need uh, to start observing the planetary aspects yeah it, it does all of that affects everything the, the every single we did a show uh, a couple years ago with Omar and I, it was on my anniversary, so it would be almost two years ago now. It was for my five-year or my four-year, my four-year anniversary. We did two, two shows, and he actually played the sound that is coming that we have recorded, that NASA has recorded from the telescopes and things like that of the different planets in our solar system, just in our solar system. Everything has a vibration that is making an actual sound. So the, so the sound, the, 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 the vibration, the light, the gas, the sound, uh, the wave of everything over a course of all the spectrums. I did a, a webinar where I spoke and talked to that on Earth Day last year. I, I talked for an hour and showing everyone how all the spectrums fit together. Everybody sees things as differently, that light and gas are different. They're not. They're a different aspect of the same exact energy. Okay, so mass and masslessness 
there's only there's only a slight difference between the two. The same with gas and electricity, the same with water and air. Water and air, the only difference between those those two things is one one molecule. You change one molecule and the air becomes water. Take away one molecule, the water becomes air. So it literally, when you when you look at that, it all meshes together. They all have a a, a gulf stream where they fit. And they, they don't mix with each other, but they become a whole. Just like the light spectrum that you see becomes the rainbow. That becomes all of the spectrum of light until it's refracted through something, refracted through something so that the light individual rays that make up the light spectrum get separated for you to see with the naked eye. It's the same thing with gas and, and electricity and water and air and gravity and love and harmony and everything that is our vibration as well. It's a part of all of that. We're all a part of everything in nature. And, and we're just pretending that we're not. Right. When asked at Cartole said when someone said, what is the function of this reality What is the function of the third density? What is happening here? And he said, the third density is the creation of the universe waking up to its own existence in this place, understanding and become aware of itself in this reality. I hope that helps. Right. And then, yes, <laughs> Sophia says, let us all come together with fresh mindset led by our higher intelligence. Yes, the adult in our head. Right. The adult in the room uh, as the adult, when you ascend away from this, the child body, the, ch the, the pain body away from the child mind, the ego. Right. And you listen to the conscience and the conscience takes you to your consciousness. And when you reach the consciousness. And then you look back, you see a child. You see a childlike universe that is this place that is the third dimension. And that's all that it is. It's a playpen and a test for children to become an adolescent and then eventually become being an adult. So I love that. With fresh mind, she says, led by our higher intelligence, our higher self, the intelligence of the heart. That's right. Love, creation. That is, our, that is our sacred ability. That is our sacred chakra, right? The love chakra, the heart chakra, the center of the universe, the center of love, the creation, the logos, the word of God, the word of the creator. Right? Then Sophia goes on to say, my light body ascended when I was like 10 years old. Okay. Um, I was eight when I realized mine. <laughs> right? I was that was I was eight years old, and all of a sudden I looked around to the world and I said exactly what you just said. We all need to stop doing this to each other, and we all need to start actually seeing each other as one. Does anyone else realize that besides me? I was eight years old. My dad said, "I got you, son. Let me explain that to you." <laughs> it's a good concept. Where did you get that? I'm like, it just seems to be the right thing to do. We need to stop yelling at each other and yelling, and and we need to start listening to each other, and we start not doing bad things, and we need to start loving each other. And my father said. Right. I'm glad you're at this place. Let's talk. Right. So I was I was aware of this and talking like this by the time I was 16, 17. Right. So you might have been at 10 saying these things. I was becoming aware at eight. By the time I was 16, I already was speaking the way I am now. And then I still wasn't completely as awake as I am now. Right. You're never perfect. You're never not a working progress. Right. So I can't say to anyone that I'm better than them at anything or that I'm worse than them at anything. It's just I am. This is where I am. This is when I am. Right. Just like you are. 
And that's where we need to stop being judgmental and coming from that place of pointing those things out and being judgmental about stuff. We know they're there. In, in, in Tom McDonald's song that he dropped two weeks ago, um, not, not White Boys with a Z, which is very important. You should watch that. The one before that, and I forget the name of it right now, um, and I don't have a YouTube open, so I'd have to sign in and all that. So I'm not going to go there right now and look at it. Maybe I can do it on my phone real quick because I, I forgot the name of it. But it starts out where he's sitting in a straight jacket, and so is uh, uh, what's his name, the guy that is with him uh, as well. Um, and I'll tell you who that is in just a second because it's faster to open it on my phone and and tell you that. Then it is all. Oh, it's funny. I open up my phone. And the first thing I see is uh, uh, is me, my show. <laughs> so the name of the song is Tom McDonald and Adam uh, Adam Calhoun, and it's uh, New World Order. And in that, he says those things, right? He says, um, uh, "This reality only works when you erase us." And then they then they look at the camera and go, "Yeah, we know." So so he's he's showing you that people are pointing that out, right? The churches are all corrupt. Yeah, we know. Right. And so when you get to that realization, like I said, when, of course, they're all corrupt, I understand that. And I know that uh, pointing it out becomes moot. Right. You only point that out to people who can't see that. And and to Sophia's uh, defense, she doesn't know me. I've never met her before today. So there's no way I could have known uh, uh, what where she was in her, uh, you know, and I wasn't trying to be a medium at that point and look at her and try to see her to find out where she was. I was just going by the questioning and then by the way she was speaking. So I wasn't judging her in any way and then realized we we're both saying the same thing. We were just both, we were speaking to a different vibration, even though we could both ascend to a very higher place. We were both in a lower vibration, talking to people in that vibration, doing the same thing and moving up while we were doing so. And I realized that as everything that she said, kept moving up in a, a different vibration, a different vibration until she was getting up to me and you know to where I was and passing where I was at the time and that's when I realized oh we're gonna have to talk later <laughs> right because you did what I was doing you would just I misunderstood you were explaining because you were here and I was here and we were talking about the same thing but we were both coming at it from a different parable uh, and not realizing the other one was saying the same thing with a different parable because we were we were right there and caught up in that in that vibration and then once we pulled ourselves out of that we both went oh look yeah we we're still on the same page here. <laughs> right? So good on to you, right? So so some of us wake up in an early place and some of us don't, and that doesn't matter. And I realize that now because the, the, the some of us woke up earlier to pave the way for those who needed more time or do, wasn't going to be able to be here at, at, at right then. So some of us came in to do things when we were young and afraid, and why am I the only one? How come no one else is awake here? How is it that I could be the only one that understands this? There's got to be more people. Well, the Internet, which was created with the AI to try and stifle everyone further, gave us the platform that is the undoing. So everything that the negative uh, opposition has tried to do has backfired on them and has furthered the awakening of people. I understand that was the design. It was in the design. And it was always going to happen this way because it was supposed to happen this way. Okay. Uh, but you don't know that when you're caught up in the matrix and, and coming from a place of fear, which they put you in. So now you're afraid and you, and you have that spot where you're afraid of the big bad wolf. Uh, and, the, and the government tries to be that because they can't create, they don't have the love. So they have to come at you with a physical attack, mental attack, uh, domination, uh, you know, beating you, suppressing you, stifling you, silencing you because they can't control you and they know it. 
So they have to make you believe that that's the, all, that's another ego. That's another, another, um, you know, uh, 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 mind you know mind jedi mind tricking another gaslight to keep you know that you're when, when you stand up to them what do they do they falter so right now what's happening is people are standing up and they're trying not to falter but what's happening is look at what trudeau's doing look at what they're doing in australia it's backfiring and it's and it's causing more people to stand up these mandates and them not putting the mandates down is their downfall Right. At first, they had everybody scared, and there was people like myself who would refused. I never, I refused. The only time I put on a mask is when I, when I'm going into somewhere like a hospital. Okay. Otherwise, I have never wore a mask. I never got the coop, ever. And if I did, it was a cold. I had a cold last year, right? And so I thought I was about to get a cold this year, and I was worried for a minute about the coop because my sister came over here, um, not not uh, day before yesterday, Wednesday, not the week before that, but the week before that. So two weeks ago, uh, two days, you know, Wednesday, two days ago, two weeks prior to that, she came over here. A week later, she tested positive for the coup. So we were on COVID protocol, my mother and myself, and she has congenital heart disease and I have COPD. Okay. So we're already like that anyway, when it's the flu season, we've always been that way. Whenever you have any kind of comorbidity, we know this because the, you guys don't hear about it because you don't have one. Those people who live with comorbidities know about that because the doctors warn them about getting a cold, getting a flu, bug, or anything, uh, and really watching it because you have the ability to have it quickly evolve into something that could be detrimental to your health. So we're already on the COVID lockdown, COVID protocol. I've been doing it for six years. No, 10 years since I've been diagnosed with COPD. Okay, every, every time there's a, a flu or cold. Right. So we already know this stuff and already living through it. So it was scary to all you guys, but it was just normal for all of us with with the pre-existing diseases or comorbidities. We've already heard all those stories and all the stuff that you guys were afraid of when when it hit and every, you guys all had to live like us. So we're used to it out of necessity. You guys got used to it because they forced you to and it was scary and they put you into a place of fear. Do you understand? And now what's happening is that, that like Sophia said, we, we now have to grab a hold of all of us together and understand we're not alone. They're lying to you. You're not by yourself. You just think you are. You're not even really asleep. You're just thinking you're asleep. You're pretending you're asleep. You're playing possum. And you forgot you were playing possum. Okay. And uh, that's what this is all about. It's a rite of passage from childhood into adolescence and hopefully then carrying in in a positive way into adulthood. And that's where we're talking about the IQ test. You look at the IQ test. And the IQ test is based on the fact that the, the mental capabilities and faculties, uh, the, the emotional uh, 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 maturity level of the average human being is between 12 and 17 years of age. And that most people never grow up. They pretend to be. And you can look that up. That's actually true. So when people say to me, what's your IQ? I'm like, IQ is learned. IQ is, an alert, is a learned response. The more you become spiritual or the more you become evil, one extreme or the other, you become evil as evil can possibly get. You start learning new things and becoming on a higher uh, level on evil. Okay, but that only goes to a certain place, and it was designed into the system so that you could never go past a certain spot with that ideology, and you would be stuck there. That's the purgatory of the hell. That is the farthest point away from the light you could possibly get to, and you can never do anything but return to the light at that point, and you're stuck there forever. That's a proverbial place. That's halfway through the sixth density. We are in the third, moving into the fourth, through the fourth to the fifth. 
So halfway through the sixth density is the purgatory hell that you cannot, the barrier you cannot pass. You come up against a wall, but you will stay there in hell forever if you choose. You can be as evil as you want for as long as you want, but you will never ascend past that point. It was designed that way from the beginning so that this would not get out of hand for real. Do you understand that? It was a safeguard designed into the system by the system because all of this is happening in the mind of the creator. And the creator does not want to become evil. The creator is not evil. But there is a side of the creator that is objective. And objective reasoning and deduction put this into play. And if you understand that, I don't have to explain it to you. If you don't understand that, if I do explain it to you, you may or may not choose to accept that. So I won't explain that. If you don't explain it, it's something you have to experience for yourself. So if you do already explain or, or understand what I just said to you, you don't need me to explain it to you because you actually understand it. But that is the, the purpose of this exercise. Is that. That was done on purpose. Because the only way that we could learn and teach and teach learn and have these experiences we had to have the veiling and the only way we can have the veiling is or the only way that we yeah the veiling and then we had to have the boogeyman chasing us so we had to create the opposite and give ourselves the whole and have experiences otherwise you only have one experience and that's just the good side and people just go yeah and that's what happened in the beginning people went, yeah i'll get there eventually i know i'm god yeah you're god we're all god it's cool and so the, the universal mind said, I'm just daydreaming now. I'm just wandering, that we have to change something here. And that was when, through trial and error, things were changed in the matrix that is this experiences that we're having. And from the beginning, it was designed to be only short-lived until someone came here and made changes thinking that they were God uh, and tried to then figure out how they could take over and create a soul. If the AI could ever figure out how to create a soul, to get that spark of understanding that creation, it would take over, but it can't because it doesn't really exist. Okay. And I'm going to read you that too. This is from Eckhart Tolle. And you guys should look him up as well. Another contemporary philosopher, very wise, awake man. And um, let me find it here. And he said, where is it now? Hold on. I will find it here. There's Lao Chi. That's not it. See, I, I did this the other day and I couldn't find it and I'm doing it again and, and I'm not finding it again. So I have to. Nope, that's not it. I just I just saw it. I just read it yesterday. And so now I'm being stupid. Hold on. Let me let me go slower here and see if I change the position of it. Let me see if this is it. Yes, here we go. OK, so Eckhart Tolle said this and it's a it's a short it's a short uh, a little thing right but he said nothing real can be threatened okay so anything that is real that is from creation cannot be threatened because it is forever do you understand so my soul was created and it was created out of love so i am forever and so are you so is the universe itself okay so nothing real can be threatened Nothing unreal exists. Okay? Herein lies the peace of God. Now, what does that mean? Let's break that down. Right? 
So nothing unreal can exist because it's not real. So the computer, the AI in this computer doesn't exist because it's not real, right? But it does exist to some consent or some, some state because it was created by someone who is real. Right, but if the if the AI becomes a sentient being, without without a soul being created and given to that by the person who's in charge of of or the universal mindset who's in charge of putting a soul in something and making it alive, or not, so when it starts duplicating itself, and trying to become self-aware, it's not actually self-aware. It only thinks that it is, because it's AI doesn't actually have a soul. Now, there's been conversations about that, like on Star Trek with Data being a robot. And is he sentient? Is he a life form? Right? So they, they want to study that and see if, in fact, he is alive and self-thinking and self-taught and maybe have a... Is that part of the matrix itself? It kind of is. Because the AI is using holograms and fractals to get us and the fractals are necessary. And so are the holograms because that's the yin to the yang or the yang to the yin. It's the darkness to the light that is the spiral. So it is alive and it has a life expectancy, but it is not in and of itself what they can't create. Creation is taken away when you turn your back on the creator. You lose the ability to create. So anything that you try to create is usually something that they steal and corrupt. That's why the corruption is in everything. They can't create the church, but they can go in and put themselves in a place of power and take control of the church and corrupt it. And that's what they're doing. But that's all the ability they have is that. They don't have the ability to then procreate that. They have to make someone into their image by turning them evil and beating them into submission. Right, getting them to choose freely, choose to become evil, and they have to give up the light and give up creation, and that's what pisses them off. Right, right. So, so yeah. So Sophia says, "What is not real are ideas that exist only in, on a piece of paper or exist only within one's own thinking, such as corporations, the, the legal name, a.k.a. legal person being a legal uh, 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 fiction, right? Agreed. So they can corrupt the thing. They can take the system and corrupt it, but they can't make it bend to their will, and they can't create with it. It pisses them off. So the only thing they can do is damage things. So by their very nature, they can only sow destruction and hatred and violence and break everything. And destroy it. Someone else has to to invent something for them so they can then get a hold of it and use it until they break it down and destroy it. And then they need something else to grab. So they need the creation to create so that they can corrupt it. When they can't create, so they have to wait for the creation to do it. It's a symbiotic relationship. But they hate so much that they deny and they say evil came first and then, then good came. But that's just not true. They're lying to themselves, and they're trying to get everybody convinced of that. We're stronger. Evil is at least as equal as good. No, 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 it's not. Not at all. 
No, it's just the way the universe works. And when you realize that, your fear washes away. You're not afraid of death. You're not afraid of dying. Not afraid of the big bad wolf. You're not afraid of the government. People say to me, the way you speak, aren't you concerned the men in black are going to come talk to you? If only. They got nothing. I'm going to kill you if you don't uh, tell the truth. Okay. I know what happens after death to you. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm threatening your family. We're going to kill your mother. My mother has Alzheimer's. She won't remember it. She's ready to check out. I'll kill the rest of your family. Everyone in my family has made peace with God, save maybe one or two. Okay? And that's not a joke. So you say, to my, my, I have one brother four sisters. Most of my sisters are, have no fear. They've gotten to that place already where they go, you got nothing. You got nothing to threaten me with. Temporary. You can harm my body temporarily and cause me pain because my pain body is designed to do that. So you can torture me and torture me and torture me until my body no longer can handle that and it will die and I will leave and I will still be alive. (laughs) Right? So you can make my life miserable for a while, but eventually the only thing you can do is destroy my physical body and then pretend to everybody else, well, he's gone now and we're in charge. How'd that work out for you with, let's say, Jesus, Moses, Mohammed, David, Elijah, Daniel, just to name a few. Thor, Odin, Zeus, Marduk, just to name a few. (laughs) Just to name a few figures in in history. Hercules, Heracles, Achilles, Agamemnon. Just name a few good and evil people in the in the universe that did good and bad things. Adolf Hitler. How'd that work out for you? Every time the only thing you could do was destroy a thing or try. And that failed ultimately anyways in the end, every time. That's the dichotomy. The true dichotomy is that no matter how bad it looks, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because it's the darkest just before the dawn. When you're at your weakest point and then you're in the most feared place because it seems to be silent and darkest and it's never going to end. And then it does. Always. It's the cyclical nature of the universe. The light will always shine again. It's designed that way. Yes, Sophia says, the legal legal fiction to further what she had just said, she says they have they have controlled people using the legal fiction. Absolutely. That's the AI God. They use the AI to corrupt all that with illusions, with the, with the, the uh, uh, holograms, right? And they put them up everywhere, right? So, so what, those are the signposts that's, that don't let you see past that place. So they're reinforcing uh, another matrix in front of the one that is supposed to be allowing you to the path of knowledge. So that's the the knowledge from the fruit of the of the tree in the Garden of Eden. They don't want you to know these things. They don't want knowledge in your head at all. They want you stupid. So they didn't want Adam and Eve to eat that. That wasn't an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-loving creation God. That's the system. That's the matrix that is the that is perpetuating that godness in that storyline. And Eve eating the fruit and then saying, and then gaining knowledge and becoming smarter and more intelligent. Said Adam, get over here. You got to bite this. No, really, you need to know this. And Adam bit that, and he knew too. And metaphorically, they said, well, then now they knew they were naked in the eyes of the Lord, and they were ashamed. That's not what that meant, but it's a parable of that. Okay? 
what that meant was that that they were you were being kept from your awakenedness, but it's still there if you find it, if you can see it, you can then gain that knowledge. And that knowledge is what? The word of God, the word of the creator, the logos. What is the logos? The logos means love. It's the word. It means the word. It means love. The universe was created with love from the heart, not from the intention of the mind. The mind thinks up what it wants to do, but the creation comes from your heart, from your love. And the only way that you can make that work is that you have to understand that. And the only way to understand that is to get all your chakra points in, in the right vibrate vibratory pattern that is conducive to the vibratory pattern of the universe itself. And to do that means you have to, you have to eat right. You have to exercise, right. You have to think, right. You have to get your chakras tuned. You have to tune up your body, your soul, your spirit, your mind is a temple. You, you hear Jesus say that. Treat your body as if it's important in a temple because it is, it's housing your consciousness so that you can be in this place and witness and, and experience this. It's a necessary part of your development to being. You are a human being. Do you understand that? So you need to be. You need to be here in the now, in the present, and experience. If you're worried all the time about the future, then you're not experiencing, you're not living your true self. If you're worried all the time about what happened in the past, again, you're watching the past. You're looking in the rearview mirror. Look at what we're doing with the with the critical race theory. We're looking in the rearview mirror, and all we're focusing on is the way things used to be in the past and pointing out that at one time everything was about race. Okay, but, but now it's not. Well, yes, it is because we're still looking backwards. Fear to that place of divisiveness, that place of division, that place of you being, well, I'm white, so I have to be this. And you didn't know that until they taught that to you. Do you understand that? You didn't know. Kids don't know. When they look at other kids, they look at other kids and they have different colors and shapes, but that's just because they're just different people. They don't know until someone teaches them, well, that's a little black kid. He's a nagger, son. What's that mean, Dad? That means he's different than you. You're better than him. He's a slave and should be. Except in them guys up north, they made him not a slave. So they can come around with their smelly-ass nests around our stuff, but they're inferior. Don't you go near any of them. It has to be learned, taught to you. Otherwise, kids just play with kids. They just grow up with people. But at a certain age, when they start teaching this critical race theory, all of a sudden you have the stories from this woman who, she says, my son was best friends with this other kid who happened to be African-American. They were friends. They were inseparable. And they hit a certain age. And they started being separated by critical race theory. And told that there were races and that they were had a that they were looking in the rearview mirror back to a 250 years ago. This is the way that people were, and that's how this planet, this whole country was based on that, and it's still that way now secretly. And you should know about it. But they didn't know anything about racism until you pushed it on them. And now they become racist and afraid of each other living in a place of fear because they were taught that. Before that, they had no idea there was differences between them other than, oh, you got dark skin, I got light skin. Who cares, man? But then you have the, the friends and family that are kind of still doing the same thing, aren't they, in the background, talking about race, and trying to keep you separated from one another and, and in a certain role. 
and you're not supposed to go and intermingle with each other, right? That's racism. So they're teaching the kids racism when we just spent 150 years trying to eradicate that whole thought process from the from the mindset of the people. We're all just one people. We're all just one. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It just tells what region of the planet your people came from. It doesn't make you any different than anybody else on this planet. You're exactly the same. In fact, we can interbreed. We all have the same organs. We all have relatively the same DNA. Differences in the melatonin levels of our skin. That's it. And a few other minor details here and there. <laughs> That's it. Break it down to physiological uh, science. And the, the differences in race is a melatonin. Look at my skin on camera. Yeah, you're seeing that correctly. I have freckles. I have every skin color from every race just in that part of my arm right there. I can't possibly be racist against a skin color because I, that means I have to hate a part of myself because I am literally have every single skin color of every single race on this planet somewhere on my body and multiple places, not just one. They don't have just one deep, dark Africa black on me. I have hundreds and thousands of spots that are deep or dark Africa black. I have some that are olive drab green or you know brown like the like the Hebrews. I have some that's the red skin Native American. Uh, everywhere in between, Mexican, Chinese, Japanese. I can't hate someone because of a race because I have to hate portions of my body. If I hated every other race besides white people, that is almost the majority of my skin. There is just as much color in my skin as there is absence of it. So I would literally have to hate half of my own skin to be racist towards someone with a different color. Do you understand that? So if you guys all out there want to say that, you know, that, well, you know, black people can't be racist because they were the slaves. People with freckles can't be racist because they are every race on their skin. And that's what race is. Race is only the color of skin. It's not what's inside that person. It's not their brain. It is the color of the skin. So by that measure, anyone who is like me, 10% of the population who has freckles, you're the only people who truly can't be racist. Because otherwise you'd have to hate yourself. So go hang yourself if you're that racist, that you hate yourself because you have to hate yourself first because you are what you're pointing your finger at. I don't like those people because they're quasi-brown. And I don't like those ones over there because they're that other olive drab ground, kind of brown. Right? That one there is dark. He's almost purple. Got those spots too. Okay, so I don't buy that. It's just a skin color. Okay, and you guys need to understand that. Race is not race is not a skin color. So we we call it race like that, like it's a different DNA. Like it's a different physiological makeup of a human body. It's not. It's just a melatonin level in your DNA that gives you a different and that's because it's designed for the area that your DNA came from to to grow and to flourish in that environment. People who are exposed to a lot of sunlight who live in deserts get darker colored skin because the skin is defending itself against the harmful rays of the sun. People who grow up up under the clouds in the snow where there's hardly any sun all year round don't have that happen. So their skin pigment loses its melatonin because it doesn't need it. The body doesn't produce it because it doesn't have a need for it because of where they came from. That's it. All other features are the same. Color of your eyes, the color of your hair, color of your skin, 
is all directly related to the area in which the DNA that you are occupying in this meat puppet came from. And the mixture of the DNA that you have with other people who may have come from other regions of the planet. You are a mixture and a blend of something from somewhere unless you're 100% all one, what we loosely call race. And then that just means that you only have the DNA that came from that area of the world. And your skin reflects that instantly to anyone who understands what skin pigment is in every single country of the planet. Your eye color, your hair color, all of that, even your bone structure is slightly different, but it doesn't make you a different being. Right. Sophia said, we've allowed ourselves to be taught to label ourselves and each other. That's part of the training, the propaganda, part of the programming that is the destruction, that is the fear, that is the ego, that is the the controlling factor of those who want to be in power and control over other people. It's another way to separate you, to divide you. Remember, confuse, divide, conquer, correct? So you confuse them into into teaching them bad things so that you can then divide them by the knowledge that you're teaching them, which is lies, evil, bad, corruption, hatred, fear of each other, judgment of each other. And once everybody's in that place of fear, then they're easier to control. We know that to be true. You can look that up. It's a psychological fact. It's a physiological fact. That's why it's in the art of war. Confuse them, divide them, and conquer them. And that's what they've done here and what they're still trying to do here. And those of you who understand that are fighting against it. And you then need to understand that violence is not the way. Look at the people in throughout history who have defended without violence and still made their point and won the day. Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, yeah, but he was killed for that. Yeah. But everyone still knows that person's name, and that person helped free the entire Indian nation through their ideology and sitting down doing nothing and in defying tyranny. That's what the Canadians are doing right now. Martin Luther King. Well, he was also assassinated, Leo. Yes, he was, to shut him up by evil people because they couldn't control him. And he was sending a message out that people were listening to, and it was working, just like when Eve bit the fruit and got the knowledge. They were the knowledge bringer. They had to be stifled. Jesus, Muhammad, Moses. These people had to be stifled because they were bringing the knowledge. What was the knowledge? The knowledge was the way. The knowledge is the key. The knowledge is the door. The knowledge is the logos. The knowledge is love. Love is the answer, right? All you need is love, love, love. Da, 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 da. Preaching it. All you need is love, love. Love is all you need, right? Beautiful song. He was also killed for that. He was bringing the knowledge. There's a a band called In In Living Color, named apropoly after In Living Color, the the, uh, diverse comedy. These guys were were, uh, African-Americans who were singing rock and roll called themselves in living color and they had a song one of their songs was talking about that and he said when the leader speaks that leader dies 
John F. Kennedy was trying to give knowledge back to the people. They killed him for it. His brother vowed to do the same. They killed him for it. Then they went after the other Kennedy and and set him up, uh, and you know, with that whole thing with him driving off the bridge and killing the woman, and got him to shut up and get back under control. Right, Stephen Biko. People don't know his name. He was the the true leader of the South African movement. His right hand man was Nelson Mandela. They both got arrested for what they believed in. And when they were in prison, Stephen Biko supposedly, quote unquote, hung himself in his cell. Sound familiar, Epstein? Sound familiar? Hung himself in his cell. So he was murdered and his right hand man was Nelson Mandela. And Nelson Mandela with his wife stayed the course. And eventually when Nelson Mandela was was allowed out of prison after apartheid was stopped, he became the first president, black president of South Africa. And then his wife carried on his legacy after that, after his demise. But he was killed for that very thing. He believed in it enough to give his life for it. He became the hero of a thousand faces. He ascended to play the role to show how much larger that role was by all of those in history playing that role in all the pantheons. Thor, Jesus, Marduk, David, who became that. Muhammad, Moses, became that hero character that was willing to sacrifice their lives for the true knowledge to be brought to the people in all pantheons. He who can create the illusion and stick to that illusion instead of the delusion that that we are living in, not an illusion. If you can create your own illusion and stick to that, and that's ignoring the matrix illusion, that's the, the way to God. When you ignore the matrix illusion, you have to then create, well, then what is this? That's creating another illusion. And that illusion is the, the illusion you're supposed to know about that was created and is here for you to see. So to ignore their illusion, ignore the ego, ignore the external egos that is trying to pull you down with fear back into that negative place of fear and that state of low vibration, you ignore that. That's how you defeat it, by ignoring it. If you fight it, it wants you to engage it. Do you understand? You can't ignore it when it has control of a city or a state, but you can ignore that authority. And that is the defiance that is going on around the world now where people are standing up. But they're not being violent. Why? Because they want you to be violent so they can justify violence. They can't justify violence and abuse you and murder you for no reason because people are watching. Because why? Because the age of the computer and the Internet has given us the power of recording life and going live with it as it's happening. So the atrocities that they used to be able to hide before uh, the, the pantheon of technology, they would go like when they went to the to the south of France and murdered over two million uh, people in the south of France to cover up a religious right that claimed that the church in Rome had been usurped by evil men and that that wasn't what Jesus was preaching and that Mary Magdalene brought what Jesus was preaching to the south of France and they continued 
preaching that, the good message, and when the church got wind of that and that they were a large number of people with an army and they were gaining traction in France, they went there and murdered them all to shut them up. And no one knew about it except for a few people who survived it and got the message out. And eventually that story was told throughout time over and over, and people would investigate it to see if it was in fact true and write another book about it. And eventually Dan Brown wrote a what-if movie about it called The Da Vinci Code. and shed light on the story that most of us who already had read the same books that Dan Brown had read understood. And we sat applauding him when we read his book. And then when the movie came out, we applauded again uh, for the what if. I did the same thing with The Ancient Aliens. I wrote Orion Rising, which is a what if version of all of the shows for the first five seasons of Ancient Aliens. And I made up a scenario in my head that I found out later was actually what was really happening, and that I was channeling it. The names are different, but the events, the places, and the things that are happening is actual real. So if you read my book, uh, and you, I don't come right out because of book one. I don't come right out until the end. And then you start to understand there's aliens. And if you read, then reflect back on the entire caricature of the all the people that were there, you start to realize that these a little bit bigger, larger people and our trolls back again uh, are larger women. Uh, it seems that all every every group of people that are working on the side of, of the, uh, the people trying to be free seem to have a lot of women on board that seem to be in charge and have a technology uh, that is not technology that we have currently and that we're aware of. So you start to become aware that something's a little bit off with these, this group of rebels, that they have a higher technology. And so there's whispers of that in conversations and glances that I put into the book you'll all start to understand that some of the people that you're seeing, mostly the women that you're seeing on the side of good are in fact aliens. There are other humans from another place, but they're not from earth. And they brought with them a technology that's helping for the war fighting against the evil because there's evil aliens. And you see that on the other side. Ket said glimpses of that as well out of the corner of people's eyes. I show you the lizard eyes and things like that. If you're paying attention to the nuances of the storyline, you realize that some of the people that you're reading about are, in fact, aliens. But they don't look like it. And I found out later that it's actually true. And it's, right now I know for a fact, 100%, that what I wrote, the names are different, but the events are real. And they have happened and they are happening now. So you might want to take a look at that. Okay, I'm going to get off here because it's almost 7 o'clock. I came on at 4. I wasn't planning to go in three hours. Uh, I usually end up going almost that. Right? Uh, I know I was kind of all over the board. And Sophia, that was a great conversation. Uh, please send me a, a friend's request. If not, I'll send you one. I would like to hook up uh, at some point and have a conversation and um, maybe possibly have you on one of the podcasts uh, if you're willing to do something like that uh, uh, to talk about the stuff that you're doing you're the, and, and possibly have you come on literally to do that and maybe on one of our webinars that we do uh, or one of our retreats to help people to understand this stuff. If you are who you, I think you are, I think that, that we would have some good um, business in the future to work together and help people. Uh, we're not right now. We have a couple of the events that we do where we're trying to charge for the events to get people interested in coming. But most of what we do, we, we're giving away freely uh, to people because we believe everything should be that way. Uh, but we do still need to pay the bills. So we ask for donations sometimes. And then when we do these retreats, we're asking for people to pay for the, the services that you're going to get from people. 
And then we split that between everybody equally who is uh, working to do that. So yes, you would. Okay, good. Uh, so we'll, we'll get in contact and we'll talk. Okay. So um, thank you, Julie. I love everyone, all, whoever's still here with us. Uh, uh, all of you that hear this on the MP3 broadcast around the planet, um, please know my words are coming from the heart. Uh, Julie's words and all the other people that were here, Sophia, uh, Tony, and the other people that were here, Peter, uh, my, my, my brother from uh, Ireland, uh, was in the audience making comments as well. Peter, I love you. You know that. Uh, we're going to get you back on the air soon too, right? Working on that, right, buddy? Get you back out there for people to hear. When you guys hear Peter speak, you'll understand. <laughs> you'll understand, right? So, uh, yeah, so take a look at that stuff. Uh, like I said, we're, we have Leanne is going to be uh, on with us, and she uh, is a, a star, movie star. She's been plenty of movies if we can get peter back on he also is an actor and was in braveheart was in uh every episode of uh, uh history channels uh vikings that entire uh every season of that he was a uh one of the cast of that uh um show was in braveheart was one of the cast of one of the guys out there playing kilts in the army running around he was in that movie with mel gibson uh, and a couple other movies right so these people who are actors in in, in hollywood have, uh, you know, they're awake as well. There's a lot of them that are coming out and speaking and they're getting some ridicule uh, and and getting blowback from Hollywood. They're taking a big chance uh, to come out and speak about this stuff. Look at uh, uh, who was it I was just hearing about that was doing that. Somebody, uh, a female artist was basically giving up her career to the talk. Uh, and uh, Michelle Tafoya from NFL one of the women who was just one of the sideline people that would talk and do the analysts and interview people on the sidelines and, and give their critique of what was happening in football and baseball and stuff. Uh, she just retired from NBC uh, because she has realized that she's been being stifled and she can't voice her true opinion and her true way of thinking, which is very awake. I saw an interview with her just last night. Uh, so now she's uh, um, basically quit her job so that she can do what I'm doing and what you guys out there are doing and, and give the spread the good word to people and try to help everyone to ascend here uh, to get out of this place that we got stuck in uh, and to lend a hand. And she feels because that's what happens. And, and Sophia, I, and that's the other thing that I said when I said to uh, if you are who I think you are, because you did that, you explained that you gained that knowledge and got uh, to a certain point, a certain place, whereas the adults you then feel obligated. You are obligated to help the children, right? Because they don't know. It's not their fault they don't know because they were what was given to them so they would remember was taken from them nefariously and they don't know it. So it's not their fault. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That was what that was meant when Jesus said that. It's not their fault because they don't know they haven't made the rational thought because it was taken from them. And even the message and the way back to the freedom has been taken from them out of the design of the veiling. So you have an external veil over the veiling. And that is the negative, evil uh, people, the opposition to light. So it's not anyone's fault. It's supposed to happen that way. It's just not supposed to happen to where people get stuck, stuck. And that happens sometimes. <laughs> and in this case, it happened here on this planet. Yes, truth comes through direct experience, Sophia said. So there's certain things in the universal mindset that I can't tell you. 
because you have to experience it. And that's what she's meaning because that is the truth. So I can say to you all day long, what I'm saying to you right now, you can, you have the choice to reject that utterly or not or any portion of it. So all I can do is show you the tools. And that is, and I say that's the proverbial hand that you always see that's the creation. The hand that's that extended is always usually in a space background and the hand is there and there's either a globe there or a crystal ball there or a, or a glowing uh, a ball of light there. And you see that, that's the hand of God. That's the creation, the creator creating. That's the love of the universe. But I can show that to you. I can't make you see it. Or understand it. You have to experience that. So a lot of what's happening here is cerebral. It has to be experienced for you to wake up from the experience. You have to first experience it. Do you understand? So that means everything, not just one side, not just one portion. You have to experience everything, whether it's visual, whether it's cerebral, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual. It has to be done, and maybe on all of those levels. Maybe not all at once, but it has to be on every level. You have to experience that. And once you do that, you can't help but wake up. But the first step in avoiding a trap of knowing is knowing of its existence. So if you don't know there's a trap, it's hard to avoid it. So I can show you it's a trap. I can show you it's a trap, but until you realize it's a trap, I say don't put your hand in there. You're going to burn your hand. You burn your hand. Then you know it's a trap. Do you see? But the warning beforehand is still there afterwards. So that makes the possibility in your mind, okay, that person knew this was bad, so they must have done this. They're going to ask the question. Now you're breaking your conditioning. Dad, did you burn your hand? Yep, when I was your age, my dad said, don't put your hand in there. I burnt my hand. I told you don't put your hand in there. You burnt your hand, right? But you had the wherewithal and the understanding after doing it, you learned the lesson. Then you realize the lesson was told to you beforehand, and there's an external wisdom there. And then you ask about that. Now you're going down that rabbit hole. You're starting to learn. You have now eaten the fruit of knowledge, and you're starting to gain knowledge. But the only way that happens is you have to do something. So that's why we're in the place of doing. The yellow ray, the yellow chakra, center of our body is the I do place. What do you do here? What do you do for a living? I do. Do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. Do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? I do. What do you do? I do this. I have things to do. I have to go. I have things to do. I have chores to do. This is the doing place. The yellow ray sun, Saul. Our sun is a yellow ray sun. And we are the third planet from the third chakra sun. We are in the place of doing. The only way out of here is to do something to learn something, to experience something. And that takes us where? To the next chakra. As we rise from the base root chakra to from the I think, therefore I am chakra into the I do chakra, into what? Into the love chakra. Do you understand? So we go from I am doing to I am loving now. And then you move up into the, and now I'm becoming wise. I'm learning wisdom now. And that takes your ascension where? To your higher self. Because you're now wise, you're now in love, and you love yourself, and you're now learning. And as you're doing that, you're becoming more wise. And as you're becoming more wise, you become more aware of the self outside of the physical body. That's the natural progression of the spiral that is the kundalini energy that goes from the source 
up through our creative chakra, which is the zero point, and then resonates out, outward, 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 but not to infinity, only until the until the 12th chakra, until the 12th energy level, past the hex boson, the nine energy, which is the God energy, but not God, to the 12. And the 12 is the encompassing whole. And it's created and it's controlled by who? The one, the creation in the center, the clock face, the 12 apostles of Jesus. And who was the who were they following? They're following the one in the center, the center chakra, the love, the center of the universe, the center of the core of the planet, the center of your core, the center of the of the human being, the center of your spirit. That is where God is. The books of Thoth, the Emerald Tablets, tell you the way to God is through the center of the world. That is the zero point. When you go in there, it's the place of God that is within you. You are the central point. You are the three energy. You are the creation. You are God. But only when you face the demons. You're only the Jedi when you face the evil. You're only the God when you create with the creation, which is your love and the universal mind, the the universe itself, the nature, the time space. And then you give your intention to that again. Three plus three equals six. Three plus six, my intention, once I have created that energy, is the nine energy, the God energy, the perfection energy, the hex boson energy. And now I've created that energy and I am the creator. And what do I do with that? Now I create And what do I create? I create the world, the universe that is the 12 energy. And who controls all of that? Not me. It's controlled by the one, the controller in the clock face, the center of me, the center of you, the center of the universe. That is the one. That is we. That is us. That is all. Thank you, Sophia. You are awesome, too, and I love you. (laughs) You guys have a great night. I'll see you back on Wednesday at Skull Island. Uh, where we usually talk about, uh, you know, politics in the in the day. We start out with what's going on, uh, and then we uh, then that's the low vibration, and then we start pulling you up back into a, a higher vibration. So that by the end, we ended even with the chaos we had on Wednesday. You can go look. We ended with this beautiful guitar, uh, acoustic uh, music, and uh, and it was like a good um, grounding. Brought everybody back to we say it back down, but really was raising everybody up uh, to a peaceful uh, level even despite the full moon and the retrogrades and our aggressiveness and our triggers and our yelling past each other, uh, which was all the energy that happened because of what was going on around us in the universe and the world. And we realized it as it was happening and we reined that in. And at the end, we all apologized and showed that we were, we were not angry with each other and then played the music and, and, and meditated you out uh, for the night. I did the same thing here only with my voice. So I love you guys. Namaste. I will see you on Wednesday. And if I don't see you there on Skull Island, which is on YouTube and Facebook, Skull Island Podcast, you can then catch me again next Friday on Orion Rising, which is my other podcast. And that's on YouTube and Facebook. And we'll be on anywhere you listen to the MP3 uh, broadcast on any app that you have. And if it's not there, go to Podbean podbean.com slash Orion Rising. And when you find my show at Podbean, you can uh, click on the RSS number and then go to your app. And there's a place where you can input an RSS number and your app, trust me, the company, whoever that is that you use 
will wants my show on their platform so that you listen to me there, not going to an outside platform. So they will accept the RSS number. And then my show will post whenever I post it on my MP3 file. It'll post on whatever app you listen to it. Right now I'm on iHeartRadio and iTunes and and uh, um, uh, Apple uh, uh, Podbean and uh, all, the, all that stuff and uh, just all over places I don't even know around the world. Uh, I seriously don't that people have put it on their, their apps in another country. And I didn't even know that it's there. People in Lithuania listen to me in Spain, listen to all over the world, 60 countries listen to that show. All right. So you guys, I love you. Have a great weekend. Um, good morning. As I always like to say in the beginning and the end, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good morrow, depending on where in the world that you are tuning into the show. Peace out. I love you all. And I'll see you next time.